What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Game Over Greggy Show. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the producer slash seducer, Skip me, Nick Scarpino. Over there, the Pier One Tim Yetis, the and the man having possibly the best week of his life, I imagine, up, Gary Witta. Thank you. Gary Witta, story by. That's Co- your credit. Co-story. Co- yeah, John Noel. John Shout Noel out to him, too. And me. And you. And the story we're talking about, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. <gasps> a Star Wars story. Yeah. See how that works? Yeah, I do. Story yeah, yeah, by yeah. Star Wars story. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. How you doing? What's life like right yeah, now? Yeah, first off, huge congratulations Thank to you and the team. You guys mm-hmm. absolutely movie's awesome. killed this movie. I'm sure like, the first thing you it. did last night was watch our reacts that went up at like 1230 in the morning. Um, you're you know, brief that we loved I, it. I did actually Garrett spot it this it. morning and I, I wanted to have time to watch it because like, if these guys are like, you know, dumping on the movie, I'm not going to come over. Um, but, <laughs> that you get here and it turns out we hate Rogue One. <laughs> <laughs> like, ambush. Um, no, it's, I mean, it's, I, I don't even know what, it's surreal. I don't, honestly don't know what to do with myself. The last 48 hours have just been nuts. And that's what we want to get into today yeah. with you, of course. Thank yeah. you so much for coming. Uh, Patreon supporters, of course, get the show early. It's getting to you late. We usually put it up Thursday night or Friday morning. We're putting it up Friday night because we're recording it on Friday. Gary was nice enough to come in, do the show, get it out as fast as we can to you. Of course, that's the rigmarole. Patreon.com slash kind of funny. Get it early. Or mm-hmm. YouTube.com slash kind of funny where you can get it day by day. I think I still plus. am a, a, a Patreon of you, I think. I think I still actually And I expect that to be money. going up. Going up now. These Rogue One Star Wars <laughs> checks are coming in. <laughs> it's like, Gary, I kind of feel like you could probably afford to give me a little more now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hitting you up on Patreon. Uh, a big thing. I mean, it's a week of big news for you. Accolades and all this thing. You are now the most visited Kind of funny game over Greggy show guest. This is, is your third right? appearance. Yeah, third appearance. Is this that is only, only because of volume because I keep coming back. Right. Well, that's how returning guests work. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but that's. I mean, I mean it's one way to 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 achieve that. I guess just through attrition. Just like keep yeah, doing exactly. It. Yeah, we you're, keep you're doing cool stuff. You know what I mean? Forcing mm-hmm. people to watch. We had Aisha Tyler on. She's done nothing since. Career went nowhere. So we just said. So this is my third. You said you've never had a guest come back for a third time. Yeah, right. And what can what can we learn from that? Do you think? One of us is insane. But we're not yeah, sure yeah. Doing. It seems like it. Ha- I mean, clearly, you and Colin can't be in the same room. People give you. They give you a shot, right? Yeah. They come back. Yeah, maybe not such a good experience, but they come back one more time. And they think, yeah, maybe it's getting better. Yeah. It ain't getting better. No. So they don't come back. Mm. But, be it, but you know what? I gotta say, this is my first time here. This news is incredible. Thank you. Thank you. I I was actually quite. I was feeling quite bitter. Because I was thinking, wow, you know, Gareth, the director of the movie, Gareth was on Jimmy Kimmel. Ah. I'm coming over here and, I, and I'm doing this. <laughs> I think, wow, like there's, that really shows you like the gulf between a director and a, a writer on a yeah. movie. But now this, look but at now us. I'm here, I'm like, wow, this is like, this is almost like Kimmel. You're, right. You're like on your way. Now, almost okay. like Kimmel. I'm going to put that on his box like quote. Yeah. We did bring holdovers from the, vi- oh, the, the things God. that were the, your hind. Is this, the, now, is this still edible? No, I looked at the top. Uh, this is Gary with a spotted dick that we forgot to eat last surely time. Surely. This went bad. This went bad January 2016. Surely that's just all the more reason to make a show out yeah, of it. you gotta try it. Sure, I, oh, I mean, Lord. I guess, and then I still have this one too. You the Ambrosia. And that's Devin too? Custer. That's yeah, this went bad. This went bad in, uh, yeah, September 2016. So this is this is a shame because I guess the thing that we're known for is I bring you uh, English delicacies yeah, to eat. That's why I don't, ha- I don't have any this time. Yeah, I we, was going to say, like, don't you still have the spotted dick, but it's bad. Yeah, but we, I mean, you get a pass this time around. Yeah, right. Before got, you I always come in, else. you're just here to bullshit. You wrote a book, all right, big deal. You know, yeah, you know yeah. all these different things. You know what? I tell you something as well. I sold probably more copies of the book through my appearance on your show than I did any like in any other thing that I did. So that's great. Here's what you I want you to know. I yeah. know the... I mean, so recording on Friday, it did the midnight releases last night. Mm-hmm. I know it was a rocky one that not a lot of people went and saw Rogue One last night. <laughs> I really think after this post on Patreon, 
lot number. I mean, if we it. come out of this and you're the number two or number one grossing movie of the weekend, it's I'm hoping us. that this that this podcast is fi- that it finally gets the word out. Yeah, that there's people, a Star Wars yeah. movie oh, yeah, 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 in yeah, cinemas yeah, this so weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> haven't seen yeah. a lot about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not a lot about it's that. like Jimmy Fallon. Uh, I, was, I always love this line that he did on his, when, the first episode of his talk show. He came out and he said, and um, and it's national. I don't know why this joke stuck with me. It's not that great. I like it. And it's National French Fry Week. Hopefully this will really help get the word out about French fries. <laughs> I thought that was a good joke. And yeah, Star Wars, obviously they spend a lot of money and, uh, you know, it's Star Wars, so people find it. And yeah, you know, I don't think we have an awareness problem. No, need, you're doing pretty good. So let's just clarify. I don't need to be here at all. No, you're just doing this because you're a best friend. the goodness of my friendship to yeah. you and, you know. The audience, they've been good to you. You're paying it back to them too. Yeah. They were super, uh, that's when the, I think, for me, one of the fun moments, like you're talking about, you sold so many copies of the book when you came on, uh-huh. but people like legitimately love you. That's the reason you're back for a no, third that's one. Not, that's not it. It is. The audience does. And the amount of the audience that I've seen tweet at you or include us for no reason at all <laughs> of I just finished Rogue One and thank you so much and da da da. And they're talking yeah, to you because they know you. Yeah, because you said I was coming on the show. And yeah, yeah so that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now you brought stuff too. What is all this? I've got some stuff to give away. Do you want to do this now? Yeah. Feels Whatever right. you want to do. Yeah. Um, Who are you giving it away to? Like you can, I mean, I'm giving it to you okay. and then you can do with it. I mean, you can wear it and keep it yourself if you want. But or we can not, give it to them, you're saying? Yeah, it might be nice no, to Kevin, give it away. Kevin's saying no. Do you, I mean, do you have a a, 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 a conduit, a model to give stuff away? Oh to yeah, we have a process to give things yeah. away. Yes. All right, so then then, uh, then great. You want me to give you some Walk stuff? me through what you got here. All right, so I, I pulled this, I wanted to bring you something. I pulled it together at the last minute. Now I don't have Thanks for thinking any real cool stuff from the movie, like Gareth. Gareth had. Can we talk about like things that are in the? Can we first of all? Do we great assume point? That pe- great question. Do we assume that people have seen the movie? I would say I'd venture to guess that by like ninety nine percent of the kind of funny audience will have seen Rogue One by the time this post Monday on YouTube. So right. if you're early, maybe hold off. But let's also just say there may be spoilers. Uh, just that's what I'm saying. There's, gonna be, There's gonna be 100 percent spoilers yeah. in this. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, right. everybody. Um, I'm not. Well, okay. So, <laughs> so that said, all right. Yeah. Let's start with some. Like, this, this is what I was able. To, so my, my point being. Yeah. Gareth, for example, has, for as a souvenir from the movie, he has the actual Death Star plans. He has the, the cartridge that she pulls sure. out of the thing. Sure. Um, that's like, he has it. He has the actual prop. Um, I don't have anything that cool. Um, <laughs> they didn't give you the, like the crystal, the necklace? No, I would I mean, that would have been great, right? I, I, you know, there was a point where I did it, you know, you're in the pine wood in the prop room and everything is there, like all this amazing stuff. Like the first time I saw that wooden, the chessboard, the wooden chessboard, mm-hmm. yeah, the holographic yeah, yeah, chessboard, yeah. the wooden characters. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like that, when you see it up close, like, my God, it's like that's so finely, beautifully sculpted and just perfect. Like everything in these movies, like even the, a lot of times when you work on movies and TV shows, like you see a prop or a costume up close, you go, oh, I can kind of see how it's kind of fake. On Star Wars movies, that's not like, like right up close. You go, oh my God, this right. is like real. Like there's, it, there's so perfectly crafted and like they put so much attention to detail into it. But anyway, my point, I don't have anything good. Um, but... <laughs> I have a few things. I thought this was kind of weird. So you remember how I used to hang out with the giant bomb and guys and before you media b- before you moved before up I, to us, yeah. Before I moved, I graduated to you guys. So I used to do a thing where I would sit with Ryan Davis and Jeff Gersman and those guys. They would play video games, and I would yeah. be on the couch, and um, and I would help them. I I would and my thing was shoot that guy. Do you remember this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to say shoot that guy. Like that was my pro tip. My bra- my Brady games. Guy, <laughs> putting all that, all those years being a PC guy, yeah. running this magazine. Yeah. That's what you yeah. learned. Shoot I, that guy. After many years as a games journalist, if you see a guy in a video game, shoot him. Shoot you should him. probably yeah. shoot yeah. him. He's probably not your friend. He's probably going to shoot you mm-hmm. if you don't shoot him first. Yeah. So shoot that guy. 
that was my that became it's I guess advice. my catchphrase my, my thing. Yeah. And so at some point they made these t-shirts, which are now you can't get these anymore. No, these are limited edition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they did these kind of this uh, this kind of blockhead. Character of course, you have your iPhone because you are one of the biggest Apple people yeah, anyone's so ever met in the world. And uh, you'll notice here that the shadow is kind of a little uh, reference to oh. the episode one poster, yeah, the Darth Vader foreshadowing, uh, shadow, which in in its own way ended up being quite foreshadowy. Yeah, yeah. I ended up working on a movie with Darth Vader. In. Yeah, yeah. So I have some of these in different uh, sizes. Okay, that I'm happy thank you. To give to you. They were just cluttering up my house. Oh well, you, well, so you, you say it like these. that, it sounds like we're goodwill. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is going in order. I'm going to hide this over here because okay. the coolest thing I'm going to say for last. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So um, this is kind of cool. So this is um, so my wife. Show. This is awesome. She started an Etsy store recently, and she sells. She makes and sells stuff. She's got a little craft business. Give, give it the. Oh, pin? Should I should plug it. Yeah, plug. you should. It's plug called it Scotty and Min. So S C O T T Y ampersand M I N, and I don't remember where she called it that, but she sells you know little T-shirts and things, and she's crafty, and you know it, it's going well. It's yeah. good. Um, and she made this, so this is a pizza destroyer. It's a slice of pizza, pepperoni pizza that's also a star destroyer. I don't know how well you can see that. Oh, sky cam! You put it right here, lay it oh, over okay. here, we go, we go right. to the top cam. So. Other way around. Uh, like this? Yeah, because right. then okay. it'll be right side up for everybody. All right, okay. Kevin doesn't have the technology to rotate cameras. There you go, see? Okay, Look see, at that. Oh, that's really great. Okay, so here's the cool thing about this though. This is um, a Pablo Hidalgo original. Do you know who Pablo Hidalgo is? No, it sounds. I sound so, like I should know that name. And you, and you should, and you're going to. Uh, so Pablo is a member of the um, what they call a story group at Lucasfilm. Okay. He's one of the guys who keeps it all together and makes sure that anything that happens in the TV show doesn't contradict what's in the movies. And that's why one of the reasons why like cool little Easter eggs from Star Wars Rebels and Clone Wars are in Rogue One. Pablo is the guy who kind of makes sure that that all is in fits continuity and works and, works and is right canon. Line. Uh, and he is just like, he's the guy, like, if you ever had, like, if you, if like aliens landed on Earth and said, right, we're going to do Star Wars trivia for the fate of the human race, Pablo is the guy you would put up. Sure. Right? He's the guy. I don't know anyone in the world who's more knowledgeable about I feel Star like they would have enslaved him to make the trivia, though. Uh, let's not go. Like, okay, sorry, my bad. You're, you're the writer. I, I, what I, am I saying? That, that's a right. good point, but let's not go down that tangent. Um, <laughs> I had, uh, uh, my wife and I had pizza uh, with, uh, with Pablo and his wife recently, and, uh, and he sketched this little thing on a box, and we liked it, and so we scanned it in, and uh, we made, it, made, uh, made so a t-shirt So you just stole his art, and now you're making money off yes, of it. Yes, and we're going to sell it on the Etsy store, but a portion of the proceeds from the sale of the shirts are going to go to a local dog rescue charity Aww. that Pablo supports. Okay, so, there you, you go, see, full you go, circle. You've got to ahead of yourself, circle. and you realize it was actually cool. I just um, want to nail you. But I have this one. <laughs> I have this one to give away. Awesome. All right. Yeah. You want to hear? The, you want? You want the coolest part? Yes. yes I, I don't do. know if this is actually cool or not, but this is the only thing I was able to get from the movie. An from actual, Rogue One. An actual thing from the film that I'm going to give to you. Okay. All right. Okay. So and maybe it's lame, but may, I don't it's know. It's not lame. But I we'll can see. tell you already. It's not lame. So third act of the movie. Scarif, the Imperial base, is a big so battle on the beach. Awesome. Rick saving Private Ryan kind of battle on the on the beach. All right, so this is actual sand <laughs> from Scarif. Oh, it's so coarse That's and it gets awesome. everywhere. This is the yes, right? Don't you just hate sand? Yeah, it gets everywhere. <laughs> um, this is this is real sand that where I was on the beach at Scarif, which is actually a place called Bovingdon in southern England, and I okay. think they also shot in like somewhere tropical. But I was there when I was on set. I was I was on Scarif for a while, and I remember thinking they're not going to give me anything good. So I just scooped some sand up into a jar. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. Yes. And this is some of it. I, I, I emptied out a little bit and I'm giving it to you. To give to them. To give to whoever you Thank want. Thank you so that's much. Like, oh, here, that's Sky a real piece of a Star Wars planet right there. That is amazing. Yeah. And I, awesome. I assume this is in a real vanilla bean jar you used at your house. Yes. You used all That's this vanilla authentic, bean. We used all of it. I actually, yeah, we had to eat a lot of vanilla just to free up the jar to bring you this sand. <laughs> well, we thank you very much for that. That's awesome. So, again, I don't know if that's a cool thing on that's, awesome. like, that's, that's totally that's, awesome. That's, 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 that's what I have. So, I you, can, you can organize whatever uh, giveaway for these items you uh, as you see fit. That's my gift to you. Thank you. Come here. <laughs> my first instinct is I'm like, I want to put that on the set. I know. We can a little bit. Guys, we, we can go to any Safeway and get the vanilla bean organic jar. Yeah. Just send them um, out. The whole just do what drug dealers do. Get some regular sand and cut it. There you go. There you go. That's true. That's good. Just keep this and put it in the Go to the hardware store, get some regular sand, put a little bit in there. Yeah. Nailed it. It's like people are going like, I feel as Star Wars as I thought it would. It's not giving that same high. Earth sand. Yeah. It's from Ocean Beach. So I want to get into the Star Wars stuff. I have something to say to you. Some news? Yes, some some news. Uh, it's a, co a congratulation to you Thank because you. obviously this thing this thing is amazing. Love the movie. First off, how cool is it that there are a ton of people out there saying this is their favorite Star Wars movie ever? Coming after the prequels, coming after a lot of issues, coming after all the the talk of people. There's true Star Wars fans that are saying this is Star Wars. It's it's um it's 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 really quite overwhelming. And and I should preface anything I'm going to say by first of all saying like it's really. Um, it's it's it, in a way almost uncomfortable for me to my my social feed and everything's kind of melted down in the in the last forty eight hours, and I really tried to make a point as I'm going to now as when I respond to people on Twitter and Facebook to say like I'm just a teeny tiny piece of this film. Sure. Um, you know I'm one of several writers that worked on the film. Um, and you know when you it like takes fifteen minutes for the credits to roll. A lot of people work <laughs> on this film. Um, you know, and obviously Gareth and Kathy and all the producers and the cast and crew and everyone that animates all the droids and everything is like, it's just a vast, vast effort. And so, and my piece of it, I'm incredibly proud to be a piece of it, but just a small piece. And I try to always try to make that point that I'm just a small piece, but it is, uh, the single greatest privilege of my life to be a part of this film and, and Star Wars history, cause that's what it is now. Um, and yeah, it was really, um, it's been, it's, it, I honestly don't know what to do with myself. It's, it's, it, I did two movies before this uh, that, you know, maybe some people saw or maybe some people didn't. Book in of Eli. In, in Book of Eli and After Earth. Yep. So in some cases, maybe better if you didn't see it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I say, I say, it's weird. Like I say, it's, it's weird. Your career as a screenwriter goes from like, I remember there were many years where I was trying to break in and like you meet someone at a party. Oh, I'm a screenwriter. Oh, really? What have you written? And you're like, nothing, nothing, nothing. I'm working on it. Yeah, I'm working on it. But people are like, oh, well, you're not, you know, unless you've actually done something that's made, like mm -hmm. how you're a real screenwriter. But like for many years, that's the struggle. Um, I was, somebody told me once a great answer for that. If someone says to you, like, you're a screenwriter, you haven't anything made. And someone says, have you, have you written anything I would have seen? The correct answer is, I don't know. What have you seen? Smart. Right? Put it on yeah. them. Make them the Bit asshole. Bit of a dick move. But, you know, again, pro maneuver. A lot of screenwriters are dicks, so it comes mm. very natural. They are. So, so I went. So I went through years of that to then saying, "Oh, I wrote a movie called The Book of Eli with Denzel Washington." And people go, "Oh," and some people go, "Oh, I've seen that," or some people say, oh, "I've heard of it," or Saw some people haven't seen it. The weirdest thing about this one is is working on something that you know that everyone will see. Everyone in the world is <laughs> going to see this movie, <laughs> and and the like I said, the reaction to it, and, and not just the fact that everyone's going to see it, but it's something that's so special to so many people, right? I mean, Star Wars really genuinely means something oh, to yeah. our generation, and to you know. Uh, new kids coming up and 
it's really amazing. I uh, I was at a screening last night, and and when uh, you say screening, this is what I, I mean. I follow you. We're friends. So you say screening, you mean you went and bought a ticket to go see your movie. I was in at a Century. Cinema. Went to a Century Theater. I wanted to see it with a real paying crowd. Yeah, and it was it was that, but it was organized by a bunch of friends. They bought like a ton. They basically bought out almost the entire theater. But they're all legit hardcore Star Wars, like mostly I think game industry people and friends of friends, but like they were all like super hardcore Star Wars nerds. And that's the audience that I wanted to see. Yeah. You were sort of the premiere and the premiere is great, but there's a lot of kind of poses and, you know, celebs and, you know, kind of people that just want to go to a movie premiere. I wanted to see it with like our people. Sure. Like the nerds, yep. the ones that got bullied at school, like mm. though, and like Star Wars for them was like their escape. Um, people like me. And I wanted to see it with those guys. And it was the biggest thrill of my life to sit there. Like it's the second time I've seen it. So what you do is first time you watch the movie, the second time you watch the audience, watch the movie and you watch for those reactions. And when little moments happen, whether it's like a twist or a reveal or an Easter egg or a familiar character shows up and you watch that kind of, that little ripple goes through mm -hmm. the audience, you get a chill. You go, oh shit, that's so cool. And, um, and afterwards people were, you know, coming up and like hugging me and people literally like crying, like fucking emotional. Like really, like, just so because it's like it's Star Wars and it's the Star Wars that we grew up with. It's the it's the original trilogy. It's like you know the movie takes place literally like forty eight hours before A New Hope. I mean, it's right there in that zone. Uh, so it's the Star Wars that my generation grew up with. Um, I've said before, it's the most expensive Star Wars fan film ever made. Yeah, in a <laughs> and way. it feels like that. That's, that's exactly I, that's what awesome. it is. And that you know, and and that's you know because George sold it and it kind of opened the door for other filmmakers mm -hmm. to come along. And it started with JJ who's, you know, roughly the same age as me, that's where it started, right? That this, that this generation of filmmakers that grew up watching A New Hope and Empire, and go, I want to do that, I want to make that for a living. Whatever it is that I'm feeling right now, I want to make people feel like that. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's how I started when I watched those movies. And now we're all grown up, and Star Wars is now in the hands of, you know, Disney and Lucasfilm, and they've invited other filmmakers to come in and play. So we get to make the movies now. So they are... They are in a in a weird way. They're fan. They're just very expensive canonical fan films. But they're made. They're coming from a place of people who, like me, froze their Han Solo figure in the freezer and freeze them in carbonite. And Naturally. Gareth, who dragged his girlfriend to Tunisia to drink blue milk, you know, for his birthday because that's what he wanted to do. Um, you know, these are like the hardcore fans. And 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 to to be able to contribute a piece of it and then see how that, like I said, how I want to make other people feel like that. And, I saw it last night. I saw people coming out of the theater feeling that way. I got choked up. And again, saying it even just me as a tiny piece of it, just knowing that this movie has, has the power to have that effect on people, like kids and grownups and people of all ages. It was magic. It was uh, pure ma magic. Magic, I think, is really the, the best way to explain it. There was a point in the movie where, when I first saw it the first time, where it was a You've seen it more than once? Twice now. Oh, good yeah. for you. Uh, where uh, it halfway through, I looked over at Kevin and I was like, this movie's fucking awesome. <laughs> and from the moment after that, like the last 40 minutes of the movie, it was just pure magic. And one of the coolest things Everyone for me, talks about the last 40 minutes. It's, and, and then the last five. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> so, like, the last 40 was, was the, the magic was there. Magic oh is the God. right it's word. A, and isn't it ex cool. It's exhausting, right? Like I, you know, and even the first time I saw it, I know everything that's going to happen in the film. And I'm sitting there like, are they going to get away? What's going to happen? Are they going to live? Are they going to die? Like you get caught, you cannot help get caught up in it. It's mm -hmm. amazing. But my favorite thing about it though, and going back to the fan film thing, going back to the magic is years ago before 
uh, like when you, we knew you were writing a Star Wars movie, you came on the show and we were talking. The topic was Star Wars. Yeah, this has been going on for years. Yeah. Right? It takes yeah, a yeah, long yeah. time to make a movie. Yeah, and and you were here and we were talking and the topic was Star Wars and what's our favorite Star Wars? It was I think was the topic. And, and real quick, was that before we knew? Because I, I remember. I mean, I've been around. You, it, it, was it was Cloak and Dagger for I don't know so if long. It even at that point, even you'd have to go back and look if it was even announced like what the film. Exactly, was. we didn't. There was rumors that it there was, was a the space heist between to get the thing. it being announced that I was working on it yeah. and then the reveal that it was the Death okay, Star. Okay. Yep. Yeah, because that we was the whole. We didn't know that. Because I remember that being close sorry for this quick aside but I, I love the cloak and dagger nature that we find and then we'll finally find out but I'll never forget when you were telling me about it or whatever and I don't remember if it was on a show or we were just talking somewhere else but you're like when you got the you'd been waiting 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 and they finally sent you like the pitch or whatever for what you'd be and you, had oh, sign up, yeah. and you got it and you were like this went to the wrong person. This yeah, can't I be what I was working. They sent it to me. Yeah. I still think they, you know, they were like they, just did, they felt embarrassed taking it back. They're like, well, shit, you've seen it now. <laughs> they let him do it. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, Sorry, I died. I took. I derailed. So, so what well, was awesome is you came and we were talking. We we're talking about Star Wars and we we're talking about our favorite Star Wars movies. And you were saying to like my favorite thing in all of Star Wars yeah. is the end of Return of the Jedi. Oh my god! When there's the the three plane scene going yeah, the on, three, where there's yeah. the space battle, there's yeah. the Endor, there's the um, yeah. the Luke and the Emperor in yeah. the, the See a little bit room, that in Rogue One, did going you? that. And then <laughs> as right? I'm seeing it happen, it I I got so much chills watching it because it's like my my first instinct was this is amazing. My second instinct was. This is the Star Wars magic that I, I thought I would never get get again after watching Force Awakens and having that first like, oh, this is happening and this is good. Right. But I got it again. And then there was that third level of like, this is what Gary was talking about a long time ago. And that's so oh, fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, you like it's so cool it, that it's yeah. just like, I don't know. Because that, that the the end of Jedi is amazing. And getting yeah. this, it's like, I Jedi, think that you know, I'm going to say it again, perfect. Jedi, for some reason, people give it grief, Ewoks or whatever it is. I will defend it to the day I die. And particularly that third act, the, the editing between the battle in space, the battle around the bunker on the ground, and then, you know, kind of the personal battle between Luke and Vader and the Emperor. The way those three pieces are cut together and they all kind of inform each other, you know, the shield goes, you know, they, they drop the shield so now they can go inside the Death Star and then, you know, the de they, they hit the reactor so Luke's got to get Vader, you know, got to get him out of there and, you know, he saves his son and like, the way all just all the pieces kind of connect together, like I was first time I saw it as a kid, like I blubbed like a baby, just overwhelmed by the emotion and the spectacle of it all. And certainly, yeah, I mean, you know, that's you know, each again, Gareth has parts of Star Wars that he loves. I have parts that I love. Chris and Tony and John, all the other people that writers that worked on it, all bring a little bit of bit of their like. This is what I love about Star Wars, and this is what I want to bring. And you know, certainly the kind of the um, uh, kind of the interconnected. Uh, you know, back and forth, ground and space nature of the of the battle at the end of Rogue One is there's some Jedi influence in there for sure. Yeah, yeah and there's definitely some, there's definitely some stuff in there that you're like, okay, I know, I kind of understand how this is gonna you know boil down, how everything's gonna happen, and then uh, I guess we're spoiling shit. We're spoiling when the uh, was it a Corvette, the Hammerhead Corvette pushes the de the the destroyer oh. into the. Oh my god, I was like. Come on, dude. That is the best fucking way to break that shield. Let's go, son. Um, and, but, I, and so, because there's a perfect example for me to do what I love to do and say, that's not me. And, and that was a different writer that added that. I wrote the original version of the space battle, but then all the little logistics, at least each writer comes on and adds right. little things that, you know, you know, I think I had like a Star Destroyer crash in my version, but mm -hmm. then they found like a, like, again, another writer comes on and you'll be cooler. 
do it this way. Yeah. And then they, and they keep adding and keep making it better. But so that's that's the thing that that I like so much about it, right? It was like you guys talk about the end of, of Return of the Jedi. We had three movies to care about those characters, right? We had three movies to care about the fate of them. Yeah. This one you guys were able You're to get do, one shot at it. Yeah, yeah. Two hours. You guys were able to do this within two hours. And not only that, you were able to make us care about characters that we you go into knowing pretty well that they're not good. It's not going to turn Is that out what so you, well did for you, them. Did you think that? I assumed that. I wanted that. You didn't think they were going to get away? No, I wanted that. I wanted their 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 journey to kind of end there. You know, I, right. I, when, when you saw them talking to each other and you saw that they basically had their entire lives taken away from them and this is their one shot to sort of redeem that. Do something worthwhile. Yeah. yeah. And I liked it. And the character dynamics for me were really good and I think um, uh, uh, Diego Luna and Felicity Jones they're great. It. Like they're oh great, God. right? Acting. I mean, like, um, so good chemistry good. between them but yeah. also just the right amount, right? They were still aloof for each other the entire time until that last scene, until that last moment. There's a where moment kind of like where they're coming down in the elevator at yeah. the end. It's beautiful. Yeah. And a lot of people kind of look at that as a romantic moment. I didn't. I looked at that as sort of like a, we finally kind of, this is it. We did it. We understand each yeah, other. Yeah, it's camaraderie. We're the same person. Yeah. It's camaraderie, right? Yeah. And there is a mutual affection there, but it's also the mutual affection knowing that you're about to get hit by a nuclear blast and that's it for you. But, it, um, but it, you know, it's like, you know, one of the things um, I remember, one of my favorite moments in, movies is when Maximus dies at the end of Gladiator mm -hmm. and it's okay that he dies because he's done the one thing that he was still around stay basically the only thing he was staying alive to do which was kill Commodus right and and get revenge for his family so he can be reunited with them is a it's a beautiful death like it's almost not like you cry it's beautiful but you're not sad it's like the right ending for the character mm -hmm. but kudos but kudos to the team for allowing that to happen right because you don't see that that in this day and age with a lot of movies, especially a lot of movies that you're, we're hoping have more iterations, right? Mm -hmm. um, with Rogue One, obviously, you can't really, like the natural sequel is, of course, you know, A New Hope. Like, I mean, it's one of, the, one, of, one, of the, one of the benefits, and not just in Star Wars, but one of the benefits of like a self-contained story that doesn't have to be part of like an ongoing thing is your characters can... But like, I can understand they can, they can, have, they can have an end point. I can know? understand sitting around a table though, as a, as a group of, of producers and executive producers, thinking like, do we want these? Like, these are going to be characters that we love. Can we utilize them somewhere else? It's not to say we can't ever see them again. Obviously, if we do, if God forbid, there's more prequels that happen, they can come back. But they're not going to be like we're not going to see an old Genorsa. We're just not going to see that. But you know, and again, it's interesting. They will, um, you know, they might. There's like Jen's got this really. I find it fascinating that gap that when she would, when she was with Guerrero, like, right? What were those so there's stuff like? that could happen. So there, yeah, I mean, sure. and, and again, they have this. That doesn't have to be a film. That could be a novel, like a comic book, TV series. Sure. There's all kinds of different say, ways they, can, they, they fill in those blanks in all kinds of interesting ways. Yeah. But I mean, you know, and again, kudos to you guys because she felt she felt like a real character and she felt like an original character. Which and there's been a lot of characters in Star Wars and a lot of characters we've seen lately. And she just, I mean, she nailed it. Like, yeah, Felicity's so good. She's so good in the film. I mean, that's what I felt like, you know, that all the characters felt original. I didn't, you know, when you're watching it, I wasn't getting vibes of, I mean, there's vibes, but in terms of like the new droid K or whatever, right? Like, I love him. He's awesome. He's everyone's and, favorite droid now. Like, oh yeah, totally. Totally. Uh, yeah, it's an amazing yeah, thing. I'll tell you one thing. One, one of the things <laughs> I, I, get out of and I, I liked, I liked Force Awakens, but the particular things that I really liked. And one of them was, you know, because again, that's tough. I think JJ had the toughest job of all, right? Like back in, first back in. Mm -hmm. Right. And mm -hmm. you've got to kind of like the reset, the reset, um, you know, and like, again, my personal read on it, the very first line that, the, that any character says mm -hmm. in the this film the is this, this will begin right. to make things right. And I, yes. my read, I don't know for sure, but my read is like, oh, that's JJ kind of saying like, we're back. Let's heal. Yeah. <laughs> um, and one of the, one of the things I give him credit for, and this is incredible. He created a droid. And him, ILM, and everyone else that worked on it created a droid as iconic as R2-D2 and as well-loved, like, right out of the gate. Like, people love BB-8 right away. And, and, and it's kind of crazy. I didn't see it. I mean, I always knew he was, he was always one of my favorite characters, but I didn't know people were going to 
freak out for K the way that K2SO is like people coming to me last night saying he's my favorite droid now. Okay, I mean, there's some good droids in Star Wars, but the fact that he's now a lot of people's favorite immediately is amazing. Well, he was again. It's and and you know, I mean, this in every sense of the way as a compliment. You you were able to give us just enough familiarity for us to be like, okay, it's a droid. We get that. We get what this is going to be. This is sort of the the old school buddy droid to the to right. the hero, and then take it a step further with this one being kind of an asshole the entire time. And be time. a droid we, I, that at least for me, I don't think we ever see, right? right. He where he, he hits the guy and he's talking yeah, back yeah, yeah. and like that yeah. fucking scene where he's, oh yeah, I should have stayed on the ship, whatever, and they throw the grenade and he just catches it and tosses yeah. it back. Yeah, that was like, awesome. Fucking yes. Uh, and it was comic relief that worked and yeah, I think that that's the, the most important thing is because like, he was the Jar Jar of this movie, except done right, you know, and well, that's, yeah. like, that's the good thing is like, this is how it should have been, right? That, that's the thing of like, like, I mean, I'm excited to see it again because for me I felt it all really it all fell into place when, when we're in the last 40 minutes like we're yeah. talking about like when, when that starts and that's when I was like oh I see how it's all working together and who they are and this is awesome bot and their deaths meant something to me so I want to go back of course to now know more about them from the beginning be more invested as like I know who everybody's going to be and who they are and how their relationship is but then to hear the lines that come after every K line because he would say stuff and the, our theater would erupt yeah. and I you know, see you, Miles you, moving around I'm like I don't know what you've gotta, you, yeah, it's one of those movies where you've almost got to I, I spoke to um, Anthony Daniels at the premiere, who plays C-3PO. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he just has that one moment in the movie. And, uh, and I said, how cool that you're in, like, we, you know, you're in the film, that, you know, you're in this, even though you might not expect to see those characters because it's not a saga film, how great that 3PO and R2 are in the film. And, um, and he said, yeah, the only bummer for me is like, when people see me, they cheer so much, they don't get to hear my lines. <laughs> and, and it's true. And, it, and we went and, and twice now, I've seen the film. You can barely hear what no he says, because as soon as people yeah. see him, it just erupts. Um, and, you know, that, I guess, testament to the popularity of those, those characters. 100%. But yeah, it might be like, however many weeks it is down the road, we can finally go see the movie in a half-empty theater, or you get it on Blu-ray, they'll actually hear every What's line and every little... Because there's so many little cues a lot of the easter eggs in the film are audio easter eggs like just a little something in the background mm -hmm. that you hear yeah what were you talking about you were talking about easter eggs for like rebels and all these different what are some of the ones that stand out to you that's not for me to tell you god damn it <laughs> they're easter eggs Greg. yeah, yeah there's, there's so many there's so many them. like cool things like, that i noticed and watching it a second time i was just like mm -hmm. there is even more and I, i'm sure there'll be a ton of list videos in the line and stuff and that's the type of stuff i don't want to spoil if they only have your own moments because that's i think those are the really cool things. finding the easter eggs is fun and like again it's one of the reasons why i think a movie like that is great to go back and see again and i'm talking to people i've already seen it like three or four times it's not it technically only opens tonight right <laughs> just from previews like people have seen it three or four times yeah. already yeah how many more and times do you expect to see it i so i've seen it twice now i'm seeing it again tonight again on monday and uh, I'm seeing it with my uh, with my wife's family uh, over the holidays. Nice. So that'll be that's five. So cool. Maybe that maybe that's enough. Sure. Okay. <laughs> maybe. But no, the nice see. again, no. the nice the first time you're sitting there, right? Again, even someone like me who knows everything that's going to happen in the film before it happens, I'm sitting there. The, 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 the premiere is my first time seeing it finished. All the wires had you and CG seen stuff beforehand? Removed. Though? Did they? Were, did I'd they show seen you some it. In, stuff I'd seen bits and pieces. Okay. I'd not really seen like a complete cut of it. I'd seen and everything that I'd seen was like CG's not finished, mm -hmm. or you know, sure. you can still see the wires or whatever, um, or it hasn't it doesn't have the final soundtrack. So um, at the premiere was the first time I saw the finished, complete, you know, pristine film. And uh, again, even knowing what's going to happen before it happens, I'm sitting there like as a fan, just being like, I was sitting next to Chris Weitz, who's one of the other writers in the film. And we were just like this. Yeah. Like <laughs> honestly, the whole time, like we just could not, we were just geeking out 
big time. Like, so here's a, again, a minor spoiler, minor Easter egg. Um, you know, I knew they were in there, but I didn't know how they were going to do it. The first time I saw Red Leader and Gold Leader in the mm -hmm. movie, I lost my shit. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> they did that? And <laughs> it's just amazing. I, again, a lot of this stuff, you don't know what they're, exactly what they're doing. Like, again, I knew those characters were in the film, but I didn't know, is it going to be someone that looks like the guy? Is it going to be this? Is it going to be that? And mm -hmm. they found a way to do it that's just, again, magic. Like, it belongs in the film. It's just incredible how they do that. They're going back to something. You hung out with C3PO. How 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 is all the how is the premiere? How's yeah, all talk, working talk on the movie? The what the hell? The premiere was was outside of the birth of my daughter is probably the most amazing night of my life, and maybe even better because the birth of my daughter was like really traumatic as well. It was like fifty two hours in labor yeah. for my wife, yeah. and I was like, oh my god, doing a lot my of head crying in. happening there. Whereas the premiere was just like nothing but just like good times, just like having so much fun. And it was huge. I mean, they blocked off like four square blocks and they parked a giant life-size X-Wing in the middle of yeah, Hollywood Boulevard. That. It was awesome. I've done, again, been to premieres before. I've never seen anything like this. It was just an order of magnet. Like I said, Star Wars, there's nothing else in the world even close to it. And it was just epic. And meeting, uh, I, so I, I don't even know where to start. I've got so many funny stories. Um, my, I, I just talked to Annie Daniels. I was so cool to meet him. And my wife was there as well. And we were talking to like two minutes. And she, I said, do you know who this is? This is C-3PO. And she went, oh my God. Because uh, she, like, she loves the droids and she loves 3PO. And those are her characters that she likes. You know, that's her thing. Like she loves those characters. Um, for me, the mo and I got to meet a lot of cool people. The, mo like, I got, the most I got completely tongue-tied and like, again, kind of emotional was meeting Lawrence Kasdan, oh, yeah. who wrote... Empire and Jedi and Force Awakens and Raiders of the Lost Ark and basically almost every film that made me want to do this for a living. I was like, I, I spotted him and I was like, and I just said it really loudly. Oh my God, that's Lawrence Kasdan. And he looked around and I just wandered over to him. And the nice thing about being a premiere for something you worked on, I went up to so many famous people that normally I would not dare go up to. Sure. And I, and, and I said, and it was, I said like, usually I wouldn't, have the balls to do this, but I co-wrote this movie, so I feel like I have a free pass to say hello to you. And they all went, <laughs> and they all went oh, and they gave me, they were all just so happy and nice to uh, to talk to. And, and Lawrence and I went over and talked to him. I said, you're, you know, you're, the movies that you wrote, the work that you did, is like, it's why I do what I do. And I got choked up. I couldn't help myself. Um, yeah, that was my favorite. It was Lawrence Kasdan. That's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. So then... Afterwards, you posted about Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith came up to you, or no? You I went up to Kevin, and he, Kevin was one of my, I you know. And so he was standing there and on the red carpet, and I love Kevin Smith. I think he's great, um, and I also know that he's a he's one of genuine fan, right? He's not mm -hmm. one of these posers like, oh, I'm a geek. Yeah, whatever. You know what Biggs is second name? Do you know? No, uh, but Kevin, I bet you could tell. Could tell you um, because these guys like live and breathe this stuff, and. Um, and I, and I did the thing. I went up and I said, yeah, it's funny because it, it takes me a minute to say it and you see it change. I said, hi, Kevin. I usually wouldn't do this. And I, he's had that interaction a million times, mm. right? And you can see him kind of being, because he's lovely and he's very polite, but you can see the light, here we go again. And I said, but I was one of the writers of the film, so I feel like it's okay for me to talk to you. And he just instantly went, and just came in and gave me a big hug and he was so happy and I had a nice chat with him and it was like, are you excited for the film? He's like, are you fucking kidding, dude? Yeah, I'm so excited. And then I saw him again at the party after. I said, you have to tell me, before the film, you have to tell me what you think of the film afterwards. He goes, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I, um, 
and I spotted him and I went over and I just I tapped him on the shoulder and I turned around and I just went like well and he just kind of came in and gave me this like huge like beefy bear hug thing yeah. and it was awesome and I had a similar experience with Will Wheaton who loved it as well uh, and Chris Hardwick and all the kind of like the geekerati were at the sure, sure, premiere sure, sure, yeah. and again I usually would not be permitted or feel you wouldn't want to come up to these feel, people like, at a random party like, you don't want to be one of those guys but again like it was the one night in my life where I, got, I could walk up to anyone and say you know what I'm going to talk to you yeah and you're I at I, my party I, yeah this is like yeah, yeah you're in my house that I got to do that and I got to do that with a lot of, a lot of people that you know the, the cast people I, I'd met you know I met, had met Felicity and Diego and Alan and various people who worked on the movie when I was on the set briefly uh, but there were others that I had. I had never met Mads. So I just like walked up uh, to Mads oh, and just said, hi, Mads. How cool is he in real life? Because he seems like one of the coolest people. One like, of the nicest, most gracious chill, people I've cool. ever met. At, really? the, at the after party, it was fairly late and everyone had had a few drinks. And, I, and I'd, met, I'd already, he knew who I was because I'd, I'd introduced myself on the red carpet. And I wandered over to him. It started to get late and people started to filter out. And I, it was kind of cool because the whole thing was like decked out, like all this kind of rebel stuff. And they had a massive, like illuminated Death Star blueprint on the back, on the back of the wall. And he, I don't know if he did this deliberately, but he was sitting under it. I just <laughs> say, like, see that? I built that. Um, and, uh, <laughs> That's awesome. And I went over to him and, I, and everyone was just like on such a high because the film was so good. And everyone was just like so happy and so relieved and still on that kind of that. You come out of a movie like that. It's like on a carpet of air, right? You're just so energized. Oh, man, that was so good. And everyone's so happy and like, you know, it's the end of, you know, I, I worked on it for about a year, uh, Gareth, you know, for, you know, three times that long and everyone's just so exhausted. And so like, ugh, by the end of the film, that's we get, finally actually get it out there and it's good. It's like such an epic sense of relief and you're just so happy and elated that it was like just the vibes in the room. Everyone was just like, oh, and like you can tell like the Disney stuff, like Bob Iger and Alan Horma, like, yeah. yeah, like everyone feels like the movie's going to, going to be good. And so I went over to Mads and I was like, I was like, can you, like, isn't this amazing? Like, we did this thing and like, you're the guy that built the Death Star. Like, how cool is that? And he just sat there for a second and he kind of went like this, like, come in for a second. Mads called you over. That's awesome. Just like, just leaning close and he was like, we made a Star Wars. And I was like, yeah, we did. (laughs) 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 And that's, I mean, like. So to go back to normal life, you're driving over here, you're driving through San Francisco. Does that just, is that in your head all the time of like, I fucking made a Star Wars. I mean, now it is because it's, everything's happening right now. Right. And Mm -hmm. it's, but you have to remember, I, I haven't worked on the movie since January of 2015. That's when I was done on the film. Yeah. So I've written three films since then. And like a bunch of TV pilots and I had a book that came out and like the movie kept going on without me. But I had moved on to other things and almost kind of forgotten about it. I was like, oh, yeah, Star Wars, that's coming out. <laughs> uh, and so now to, to have it all kind of come back, it's like a bunch of memories and, you know, emotions. And it's oh, yeah. all, you know, it, it was all worth it. Was it, is that, I, I mean, I, I suppose it's just how it is to be a screenwriter. Was it hard for you to be like, all right, my job's done and now you guys are going to go start making memories as you make the film and you're I mean, in a way, it's part of, you know, you understand that as a screenwriter, there is a, you're a bit like a, 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 and this is not just Star Wars, but any film, really, Um, unless you're also directing or producing, you're kind of like a party planner and Mm. you sit in a, you know, when I, I posted a picture a while ago of like the room that Gareth and I started in when we first started working on developing John's story. Um, And it's very unglamorous. 
room. Like it just looked like something from like Dunder Mifflin. This is a very boring room. <laughs> and you don't really think like this is doesn't feel like Hollywood or a you know, galaxy far, far away at all. But then, you know, you get to, you know, where you are now, you're standing next to an X-Wing and you go, oh shit, like this is all real. But my, you know, my part of the movie, unless you're also the, the writer that's writing all the way through production, you know, there's a point where on every film, I kind of, you know, help plan the party. So you're going to do all this fun stuff and you're going to go to these planets and you're going to do this and that and you're going to blow this up and this is going to happen. And then you give it to the guys that actually go make it and they go, right, bye, you're, you're done. We're going to go do, go actually have the party now. Right. And, um, you know, that's, he's, oh, I want to go, I want to go to the party. <laughs> Can I come? Um, like, no, we don't need you anymore. So like they, again, they didn't, they didn't need me on set, but like, they couldn't keep me away. Like, I, I, mean, I feel like the one thing that would have made the movie better is if you were just on the planets, just, you know, with them. Just I was, just running in the I was, um, those Navy SEALs. I, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was there for a week as a, as a, as a, as a personal guest of, of Gareth because we became very good friends on the, during the movie. And I was just there. I so said, there's no way I'm not visiting oh, yeah. that set. Are you kidding that's me? That's great. That's great. And Chris did, did this. Chris was the same thing. He was like, I'm going. And so we just went. We just showed up. <laughs> And Your suitcases <laughs> in hand, <laughs> but I mean, yeah. obviously, you would never do this. But how hard? How, how hard is it to see that and be like, I this is I'm just I have to watch. There's no, you can't say anything. You can't be like, eh, that's not no, you know. You, you, I, you don't really think it, and you're just so happy to be there. Yeah, and you're I mean, so, traditionally for people who don't know, like the writer, you, you would probably not get that invite if you weren't. You know, if you're not the act, if you're not the writer that's like actively working on right. the movie, then there's no reason yeah, for you to be there. There's no reason for you right. to be there, other than you know, if they're gracious enough to invite you, which they were. Um, I, uh, you know, I, you're just there as a as a as an observer, mm -hmm. and you know, at that point, you already know the movie's in good hands. These people know what they're doing. You know, I'm just happy now. It's a relief in a way to just be able to sit and watch and watch it happen. So the first time you were on set was that on the beach during the beach weekend? No, it was Yavin Four. Yavin Four, the Rebel okay. Base. It was so the first set I was on. What's like the, to walk us through that? What's the first thing you see there? The, the I, wa I, I I walked onto the the set and it's that that big round table with the green screens oh around my God. it so the yeah that's awesome it's like the i war walked room. onto that set which they recreated perfectly from 1977 and it was i again i was like i i almost cried it was like it was like that really being there you told a story uh the last time you were on i think or maybe it was the first time you were on you've been on so many times it's hard to track that now of when you were doing the book of eli and denzel washington came up to you and said could did you, you like you did all this like can you can you believe that you this is all from yeah you? yeah yeah and he was and yeah, yeah that was that and that was even more surreal because that was my first time being on a set of something I had written and Denzel was yeah he came over and he's like your words are coming alive Gary how does it feel and I'm just like oh I'll get back to you I don't know it's too it's like it doesn't sink in right it still hasn't sunk in not on Star Wars it still hasn't sunk in that's crazy that's crazy so what. I know it still hasn't sunk in, but like I, what I, I mean, I love about you in, in general, but about in the Star Wars, you know, uh, crossing of paths here is what a big fan you are. And I loved the fact that you continued to be a big fan of the project you made and then passed off and all those things to where following you on Twitter, the genuine joy you had anytime the Rogue One stuff started to appear. Yeah. The, there's photos of you buying armful of toys for characters that even if they weren't your idea necessarily, even though I imagine the most were so to some extent, they, they're part of this thing you made happen. I, uh, I went to, um, you know, they, they had this thing last year for Force Awakens called Force Friday, uh, which is summertime in September was where they like released all the toys and they made a big deal you can go get. Um, uh, you know, the toys and the ships from the movie for the first time. It was like a scrum of people at Target and Walmart getting these toys. And they did a, they didn't make as big a deal out of it for, for Rogue, but they did a, 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 you know, a similar day where the toys, there was a, a day that the toys had dropped. 
And I was like, I'm going to Target. I'm going to get, I'm going to get some, I'm going to get some shit. Uh, and there, there's a mall here that has a Target and uh, a Disney store, and they have some of the best stuff like Disney store exclusives and uh, a hot topic, which usually I would not go in a hot topic, mm. but they had so, like, they could, like, but there was certain like Funko bubble Funko guys Pops, yeah, you yeah. could only get at hot topic. So I had to go in the hot topic. And so I did, I went to three different stores and uh, almost got into a fight over a, a, with a guy in the eye of like the last K2SO. And I was this close to pulling the, do you know who I am? <laughs> Shit. But I was like, I'm never going to do that. <laughs> right, I, I, right, I, right. Just, I never get over feeling like a dick doing that. Uh, but he, he was, in the end, he gave it. Actually, you know what? I remember now. We found out there was there were two. So it was like, okay, there's Still a second one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I went and bought, oh, I just bought every toy. I couldn't help myself. Did you leave you, a mint on card or did you open them up? Did I what? Leave a mint on card or did you take them out of the package? Um, no, I took it. I don't do that. Toys are meant to be played with. Sure. I don't understand people that buy toys and keep them in boxes. It's like keeping a, a bird in a, in a cage or something. Like these things are meant to spread their wings and fly. You're supposed mm. to play with toys. Exactly. You got to freeze so all them. The, yeah, I'm going to freeze them in carbonite. <laughs> I, still have, I still have some that are still in boxes because I bought like multiples of certain things sure. to give to people as gifts or, yeah, I guess, you know, if you, you know, I wouldn't do this for like something super expensive, but like the little ones, like I bought a gin that I kept in the box and one that I took out to, you know, do that, you know, play with gin and krennic. Like, going like that. <laughs> <laughs> you, did, you, did you used to do that? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So right. together. Yeah, yeah. You kidding me? Please. Also, so, each other. My my toys were all inclusive too, so I have like Green Lantern in there as well. It doesn't it didn't matter. It didn't matter if it was well, that like would Dark make sense. I mean, versus Superman, or whatever. Green well, Lantern, you know, he could get over there. Like, I don't. For some reason, I had a Green Lantern that was my favorite toy. I had no idea. Where that was I got the great it thing about toys. Is now actually almost kind of happening in movies. Is like you know Green Lantern and you know Doctor Strange crossovers. Crossovers now, yeah. I saw an interesting thing on Twitter. Someone was talking about they they tweeted out that I guess when the original Star Wars came out, they didn't have enough toys to sell, so they sold cards that was like a certificate a voucher for that you, you bought the toy and then you can come back in when they had it in yes stock. chris whites has one of those really? the original star wars toys from 1977 they were so what happened was if you remember the history nobody knew that star wars was going to blow up yeah. it opened on like a handful of screens they didn't know it's gonna be a big deal the idea of like a big event movie release star wars created that it didn't exist before mm -hmm. and so you know they the movie came out they put it on i don't know how many screens pablo or someone could tell you and it became, and suddenly, like the people at Fox are going, are you, are you watching this? Are you seeing what's happening? Like people can't get in the door. Like this is, we maybe we should put, put it on more screens. The next thing you know, it's a huge thing. And by the time Empire comes around, it is a huge thing. Um, but yeah, so with the, they didn't really. I believe they did have some toys, but like again, the idea of merchandising and toys and action figures based on the movie, Star Wars created all of that. Mm -hmm. None of that existed, and so there was so much demand for these toys that they just started issuing these cards. Like we can't give you a toy. But here's like an exclusive piece of paper that says you're going to get a toy. Yeah. And even those now are considered like collectible yeah, items to have. Chris White yeah. has one. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes, yeah, the, the article I just briefly glossed over it on Twitter, but it said something like there was some, some of these are selling for like thousands of dollars. There's a documentary eBay. about it on Netflix. Is there? Yeah, it goes That's through cool. it all. Yeah, how they had the cardboard cut out and it said like this guy's coming in this thing. And it was like you could put the ones you had on it and then you they had the spaces for what mm. would be coming down the line. So you knew it was that was good. I mean, that was always a fun thing to do with other people that worked on the movie, like whether it was me and Gareth or Chris or other people, you know, or, uh, um, you know, like what, what what's your story that kind of makes you like the coolest fan? And Chris had that card. Yeah. Um, and like Hal Hickel, who's the animation director of ILM. So like, if you liked K2SO, like Hal's a big part of why you liked him because he animated and like all the eye movements, that's mm -hmm. all him and his team at ILM. Um, he has a, a framed piece of paper, a letter from uh, Lucasfilm on his wall from 1977 that says, 
dear Hal, when he wrote this when he was like you know, seven or eight years old, yeah. thank you very much for your suggestions for a sequel to Star Wars. Unfortunately, you know, we develop all of those ideas ourselves and, you know, we don't really, but, you know, keep plugging away. Uh, and, you know, you're obviously very smart. And one of these days you'll, you know, you'll, you'll get there. And then years later, he has it framed on the book. Because years later, George Lucas wrote on it, going, "Yeah, you made it." Like when he was actually working at Lucasfilm. And That's so, awesome. you know, these all of these people now. So many of the people that work at Lucasfilm are of the generation that grew up desperately loving this stuff, and now they actually get to get put their hands in the clay That's and so awesome. play with it. Yeah. Did you have you met Lucas? No, Gareth did. I didn't. I never met him. What this day. Gareth guy taking all your opportunities. <laughs> well, yeah, all I, the props. I got to learn to direct. That's yeah. the key. You got to yeah. learn how to use a so camera. That is a question of mine, right? Is, it, is that an ambition of yours eventually to, to kind of get more behind the camera? I mean, maybe. I mean, no, I don't know. Not necessarily as, you know, as, as a specific thing that I want to do. And it's something I would have to learn. I have no idea how to frame a shot or, you know. I mean, you just get a good DP for that. Get a good, get a, get a good DP. Uh, but as a way to stay on the train longer mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of have more creative equity and, you know, in, in what you create, there's a number of ways to do that. But directing is certainly one of them. Yeah. That'd be crazy. Yeah. You helped write a Star Wars movie. So, yeah. What the <laughs> so, but, but that's hell. the thing too. So, I mean, I don't, I don't <laughs> know if you can talk about kind of what's next for you, but are you, are, I mean, obviously you're probably always working on ideas here and there. Do you know kind of what the next step is? Or are you just like, you know what? I'm taking a, well, you've, also, you've, you've, you've been off this project for years, so you've clear, clearly working on some other stuff. Yeah, probably. so I'm doing a movie right now for Fox called Mouse Guard, which is uh, based on um, a very popular series of comic books, kind of like little fairy Jedi knights that mice with swords, and they protect the other creatures of the forest. Oh, that's awesome. Um, very, very, very popular very comic. You ever read it? Eisner, Eisner, you should no. do it, yeah. Eisner Awards uh, series, win winning series of comic books by David Peterson. They're fantastic books. And uh, Matt Reeves, who makes the Planet of the Eight movies, is producing it, and we're going to try and make that. Uh, this year. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 And I continue, great. and I'm working on, uh, I did, uh, when I was done on Rogue, Lucasfilm very kindly asked me to stick around and work on Star Wars Rebels. So I did three episodes of Star Wars Rebels for this current season, two of which already came out. I got to write the Wedge Antilles origin story, which was really cool. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that was a disgruntled TIE fighter pilot that they, that they bust out of an Imperial Flight Academy. Uh, so I got to write that episode. One, another one that was on a couple of weeks ago, and there's one more, I believe, this season, and then I did one for season four. Uh, so I got to do some some stuff in the, in the kind of animated TV Star Wars universe as well. That's awesome. What, and what's that process like? I, guess, I imagine it's, it's a lot more truncated than, than like, did you get a lot less time to work on that than the actual story for the, for the movie? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you can't spend three or four years making a season <laughs> of TV. You got to do one every year, and there's, uh, you know, 22 episodes. And yeah, that's a, that's a fun process. Uh, Dave Filoni, who um, uh, uh, created the Clone Wars TV series with George, the animated TV series, um, is still at Lucasfilm and, and runs Star Wars Rebels and is also, again, one of the kind of the major kind of brain trust people mm -hmm. uh, at Lucasfilm and was one of, the, one of the last guys to kind of really kind of learn. He was like kind of George's Padawan before George left. So like he like, under, like understands you know, what the, what the kind of the George part of Star Wars is and what mm -hmm. he would like and what he wouldn't like. Um, and, you know, make sure that that is still infused into everything that Lucasfilm creates. And you go to Skywalker Ranch and you sit in a big room with like 10 other writers and you come up with story ideas. It's, it's a fun way to 
to spend a day. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> is it much different than writing the movie? Because the movie, I imagine you work, I mean, you're talking to people, but primarily you're just kind of by yourself, right? When you're developing Yeah, it's ideas. much more, it's, well, I mean, not, again, on Rogue, I, I, I can't really go too much into the process, but, you know, I work very closely with Gareth mm-hmm. and there were other people in the room that, you know, are kind of suggesting ideas. But for the most part on a film, yeah, it's generally just you on your own and you might be working with the director or other just people. With your, are, I imagine you would just there's a lot of, top sit, there's a lot, I mean, my job 90% of the time is sitting Part of the reason why I'm active on Twitter and Facebook is like that's how I interact. My, that's how I talk to people. I don't go out. I sit at home on my own most days. Well, you're married in now. my in my gym jams. <laughs> I'm the same and way. It's a solitary. Um, it's a solitary uh, existence profession, uh, and I like that. I'm kind of a hermit most of the time. But every now and again, you know, it's fun to come do something like this. But TV is very very different. TV, you sit in a room. You 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 know what they call breaking story, which is basically just means figuring out what the story is mm-hmm. and what are the beats what happens and why do we care and how does that lead into the next episode? And um, it's much more, most television is like this. It's much more collaborative. You sit in a room, in a writer's room with like a dozen people and you all collaborative, collaboratively break the story. And someone says, well, what if this happened? And someone says, oh, but yeah, what if you did that and added this twist? And it's a kind of a two brains are better, eight brains and 10 brains are better than one. And you all break the stories together and then the episode's, kind of get divvied out. Like who wants to like, I, I really wanted to write the wedge episodes. So they let me write the wedge episode. But that story was created as a, like, a, like I said, as almost all TV shows, I was like a group of people in a room figuring it out as a team. But then had you been a big fan of rebels before and how, how big of a learning curve is that for you to go in a room with people that have been writing on the show consistently since mm. it came out? I mean, it's a little bit, you know, a little bit in, in the, in the deep end. It was weird. Cause I had come from, from rogue. Uh, and now I'm talking to the TV guys and uh, you know, there's, uh, they're connected, but not, you know, the, the people writing Rebels don't necessarily know everything that's happening on, mm-hmm. on Rogue One and vice versa. And I had to learn, I, you know, I had to learn, yeah, there's a, it, again, there's a learning curve because, you know, that there's, there's a mythology to it and there's mm-hmm. so much deep, you know, I like Star Wars, but I'm not necessarily the person that read every single, you know, expanded universe book and like watched, you know, every, you know, played every kind of like, you know, hardcore uh, tabletop role playing sure. game. Like the, like the Pablo and those guys, they know all of that stuff and they have that like in their bones. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had, did you have access to them during like, especially for rogue, right? Cause I would, I would imagine there's a huge amount of pressure on your shoulders when you're like, I'm doing an origin story. I, can't, I have to get everything right. And not knowing some certain things might be a little bit. Yeah, constantly. I mean, I, that, I mean, it will get, if it's wrong, it will get caught at some point, but there are a lot of times where you just kind of like walk down the hall and say to someone, Hey, what, are, you know, what, what do you call these guys? Or mm-hmm. could this, could, if, if this happened would that contradict something else and they, and they just know the answer. Um, and a lot of the times, again, as, as super Star Wars fans, you can like the basic stuff, you know, but that might be something that is slightly more kind of, wow, that's like more of a real deep cut. And you just go ask someone. They have, the, they have those people there. Oh, like, awesome. It's their job to know this that's stuff. That's a great resource for yeah. you. Yeah. Very cool. Just sitting in the room waiting for someone to ask a Star Wars question. Well, no, but I mean, that's, the, that's the thing too. Like you, you look at like kind of what Marvel does, right? And Marvel, uh, one of the things that a lot of people talk about is like um, Kevin Feige over there has created this group of people that, that are resources and they go to like every movie that comes in, they just have this sort of set resource for everyone that's making it. So mm-hmm. they can take these new directors or these new writers and kind of funnel them into this workflow that's already established. And I honestly think that's a really, really, that's a great reason why those films are succeeding. Right. And I have to imagine that's probably the same ecosystem that they're trying to create at Lucasfilm now, or Disney rather, I guess, and Lucasfilm uh, going into making more of these, right? It behooves you to say, Gary did a great job or this person does a great job at this thing let's keep them around so they can actually at least consult on this. I would imagine. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's, I mean, rogue's a good example. I mean, rogue has elements of the prequels in it. It has mm-hmm. elements, of the clone wars. Animated Watto, for um, sure. Yeah. Where was Watto? 
Is it, is it, who? Can we ask Pablo? Let's get Pablo on the phone. Where's Wado at? <laughs> I'm just saying, all there's all these, there's always all these group scenes. People at bars. All I'm asking is in the back. Is that Wado's just that, chilling? That's, that's what you would. Want I'm a Wado fan. I'm there. a Wado that's fan. What you would choose. That's right. No. Okay. Um, I'm just saying no to that. <laughs> okay. That's just, just no. <laughs> I'm not saying he needs to be a main character. You I just want to not there. do him in the back. Greg, Greg made his own um, kind of story, not origin story, but just like a continuation, continuation of, of Watto's life. That, so if you ever need, if you ever need oh, any wow. thoughts. Maybe I should figure out a way for you to like go and be, be able to go in and pitch that. There you no, go. God. It'd be a great episode of some cartoon show because he, basically he becomes a horse, but not a horse. What it's, you know, the things the stormtroopers ride around on. Mm-hmm. One of them do backs. A do back. A do back. He becomes a do back. He becomes a do back. But he's still <laughs> sentient. And he talks. This is your, right. <laughs> this is your big idea. So they, Gary, maybe, maybe don't put him in a room to pitch that to anyone. That, wow. That was good to your mother. Wow. But now he's a horse. That is, that's amazing. It's his comeuppance. See, that's a lot. That's a lot better than what I would have pitched. I would have pitched sort of a deep, dark, alcoholic like route with him. Right? No, it's like no, after no, he lost no, his, no. his prize slave, he's just like, I gotta, I gotta start hit the bottle. Sure, as hard as humanly possible. This is just this shows how bad things have gone though in the empire. Oh, he went bad. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. like they, they they cracked down and everything for sure. Question for you, and I, I, and this is one of those. I don't know how much. I don't want to get too much behind the scenes. Don't want to do anything you're not comfortable with. Mm-hmm. For Rogue One. <laughs> It's a dark movie. Everyone keeps saying that, right? It's it's dark and it's serious, and that we love that, obviously. And it's you know, it's shades of empire. It's this, that, and the other. When you were sitting down working on the story, were there was there a concern of going too far, being too dark, that kind of thing, or did did you know because of what you were talking to with the Disney folks and Lucas folks that no, no, this is the kind of movie we want. We want it to be this war film and have this kind of moments in it. I, I don't know if I don't think I know if if anyone ever sets out to or if, if it's the right way to approach a film to say, well, you know, we're going to make the dark version of this. And I yeah, think yeah. you've seen enough of that. Like I personally am, you know, the the kind of the Zack Snyder version of Batman and Superman. That's not my personal taste. I, sure. I don't care for that. I, why is it always at night? Why is it always raining? Why is everyone unhappy all the time? Like that's not what I look for in a comic book movie. And maybe some people like that, but it's not my taste. Um, and you know, I don't think you set out to say, right, let's, I'm, I'm, I'm just, just talking just purely just in generalities. Like, I don't, I don't know if anyone ever sets out to say, well, let's, let's make the dark star Wars movie. Gotcha. Like, that's what people want. But you know, we knew that we were making a movie about the, the stealing the death star plans and you find a tone that is appropriate for that story, whatever it may be. And you know, you say it's the darkest movie. I don't think it's necessarily any darker than empire. The empire is still the darkest one has the downer ending. You know, it's really, really dark in places, really scary in places. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd also make the argument that Rogue is, is one of the funnier Star Wars oh, films. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Some of the biggest laughs I've ever heard in a, in a theater watching a Star Wars movie are, are in Rogue. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, you find the... You find your own tone. You, you find the, you find a, you know, you can't have a movie, again, especially when a movie is darker, I think it's all the more reason to find the moments of, like, you know, kind of a, you need an exhaust port for the audience mm-hmm. to be able to go like, Levity, oh, yeah. yeah, you know, it's going to release, vent a little bit and have fun. You like how I used exhaust? Port? I like that a lot. I like that I a lot. I had to look over at Kevin for that. <laughs> um, Rogue One's awesome. Congratulations. How fucking awesome is that Darth Vader scene? Which one? There's two. The end. The end one. It's pretty great, right? Oh, here we go. I, there's that, there's, there's a, and it's so beautifully uh, uh, directed. Um, I'll give, you, I'll give you one piece of trivia about that scene. Okay. Mm. Um, so f- first of all, let me just say, like, again, pu- speaking purely as a fan, just purely as a fan, 
that is probably in my top five Star Wars scenes of all time. That scene of Vader oh, definitely. at the end. It's like the thing that you always wanted to see him do. Just straight up murder everyone in a room, right? Because that's, you know, what is it? Like you've seen Vader, right, fight Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, you know, uh, these other, you know, uh, you know, characters that are basically kind of can take him on one-on-one. Uh, and you've seen him toy with people. Like he's like a kill you anytime. You've seen that, but you've never seen the asymmetrical. Like what happens if you if, if you like gave like twenty armed rebels and like and they went all out. Like what would happen? Well, the answer is of course he kills everybody. Straight rage mode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he just goes into beast mode, and it was just beautiful thing to see in the terror in that hallway. Oh my god! Like, that I, whole like, but the whole like relay of like take the yeah, get, yeah, get yeah. these through the door you're like oh my god it's just truly terrifying and amazing and i'll tell you the piece of trivia um because i think i don't know if this is i felt like someone it's not difficult to spot i don't know if people are looking for it but the very last guy the very last uh, uh guy who throws the lever that releases the tantive yeah. four that's gareth oh, oh really that's his cameo yeah oh that's oh, great yeah that's that's a great <laughs> That's a great place to hide in plain sight. Yeah, because you're right. Where it's just like, oh god, I'm gonna get it out, and it's very gonna catch him. What's you're gonna like happen? Blind after that scene, though. That scene was so intense. I was telling my wife that this morning. She was like, "How was the movie?" I was like, "It was great." The last five minutes. Here's what happens, and she's like. It was one of those things where I started telling her and I started like tearing up. I was like, you don't understand. Like, you don't understand. It just goes quiet for a second and then you hear yeah, lightsaber comes on. You hear the, you hear the, the, you hear the mask first. You hear the mask first. It's dark and you know what's there. Yeah. You just know what's there. Yeah. And then you see the light and the lightsaber yeah. and lightsaber and you just know that every single person standing in that hallway is fucking dead. They are dead as disco. And I love that he and I love that he uses like every different possible way that he can just to kill boom. them. Oh Deflects the blasters, pulls but, the blasters out of their hand, chops them up with lightsabers, throws them into the wall, force chokes them like every Sith talent it was in the talent tree i love that final used. kill at the door oh god when we get oh, from the other side the lightsaber comes what i what i was telling my wife and i was like oh, you don't understand like i haven't seen a scene like this in a movie since like like the scenes that i think of are like when uh like the first time you saw the terminator right and like and you see that unstoppable character that is just that's what he i mean and that's that's what he is in that scene right he's the terminator he's the ter- he literally and he's and you just you just know that they're, everyone's dead and there's that that just feeling of like dread and doom for these characters that you don't you just don't see that that often yeah. in movies anymore yeah um and the closest thing i could think of is like it's not the not the greatest movie ever but robocop 2 did you ever see that where um, i did see it he's trapped all the gang members are trapped in the warehouse with a big Kane, he's, yeah, Kane, yeah. and he's just going ape shit on all of them. You yeah. know they're all dead. And yeah. You're just terrified for these yeah. characters. The prior before that, you're like, I was like, I don't even like these guys, but I just want them to get out of this fucking thing. Um, yeah, it was very. But much the like beautiful that. thing about it is, that. it's not just what I love about it. And this is the, the you talk about like how you balance tone. One of the one of the things that I think is so, like, and I say that's not my scene. I didn't do Vader in the hallway. That someone came up with that after me. And it's brilliant. I mean, it's brilliant. I brilliant idea. Yeah. Um, but it's not just about Vader killing everyone. They, they, they forget, in spite of all that, they still win. They get the thing through the door and they right. get away. And it's a sense of like, even in like everyone, it, this is all going horribly wrong, but like just dead, like one last guy drops that thing. And this is what I like. So the best compliment I've heard of the movie, and I've heard it from several people now, is that they say that they think it makes the original film better. It does. It really does. Because for two reasons. Um, one is I, you know, I love the fact that you realize that that the exhaust port is not there, 
there's a reason for it. It's not I there out of stupidity. And it's, and, it's yeah. a reason, and it's a reason that's grounded in emotion. And, and I think that was honestly the best part of the entire movie. Like, all, all, like Vader seemed great, fantastic. But the fact that when that happened, when we see the hologram and he's like, I the first, I, it's I, the, twice now I've seen it. When, when Mads is giving that speech and he's saying, I've planted a, a thing, a right. trap, a floor. And you see people realizing, oh, that's what's going I, on. I, I turned to Kevin who had already seen it and I was like, <laughs> It's the most obvious, simplest, most fucking genius thing. That was perfect. That one little line, I'm like, oh, yes, that makes all the difference now in this grand thing. Because, we, you know, what's the one criticism of A New Hope? It's like, why would this great well, grand empire? I personally got sick of people on the internet, these memes that go around. Well, if the empire is so smart, how'd they miss that? I was like, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will literally tell you. It's, it's so good. That was such a great aha moment where I was like, oh, yeah. So that is beautiful. That's what this whole movie should be about. And I, love, and again, I love that it comes from a place of like, it's, it's a, like an act of defiance, right? It's yeah. there for a reason that you understand. Um, and the other thing I love about it, and this is more of a general thing, I haven't done this yet, but I, I, I think that when next time you watch A New Hope, now that you know what it took to get those plans that far, you really don't you feel them. like you'd be more invested now in everything that happens definitely. to them? Yeah, definitely. Like all those people, everything they went to and they nearly didn't get it so many times and they all died. We killed everyone on the poster except Vader. Everyone. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Right? Yeah. And you yeah, loved those characters. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. The other moment where he's like, Vader will take care of them. And all the ships try to to go out to hyperspeed. And oh. then the, the Star Destroyer just plows into it. Right. That, like, one, oh that one uh, transport does not get away. No, it does not. Yeah. He goes straight into it. Just those moments where you're like, it, it really did. It was a great, great, great sense of like impending doom. That, that, that urgency at the end there, that race to the end was really well done. Yeah. That, 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 that little, that little passing of the baton down the hallway. This, for me, that like, and again, I'm just, forget that I worked on it. Just talking, just, I'm a fan with you guys. That last five minutes, you go from Jin and Cassian on the beach and that beautiful moment, you know, with the kind of the, the wall of fire, that yeah. firestorm is coming in. And that's like, oh, you're just killing you. And then Vader in the hallway, which is a whole other kind of like, ah, I can't believe what I'm watching. And then the last minute where you realize, oh, we're in a new hope now. And you see Leia, that final shot where she turns around, mm. and the gasp in the audience is just like, <gasps> yeah, our, our auditorium went crazy blown too. away we by because I think you know I think what they did with Tarkin was was incredible, but Leia in particular, I was like, that's perfect. Yeah, that was really cool. That yeah, was a cool moment. So, and it's and it, but it's another way to do it. It's the same thing though, where our, there wasn't a gasp in ours. There was nonstop cheering. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I think she said it's hope. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. so that's she other, said hope. That's the other thing is like when I remember, because again, I knew what was coming and I know it all ends very quickly. And the, you know, when, when, and until he opens the door and you see it from behind in the rope, people just erupt. <laughs> and I remember thinking, I hope this dies down quickly because the line is coming like right behind this. And then she turns, and at that point, I guess different audiences are different. In my um, auditorium, twice I've seen it. When you see it from behind, people cheer. When she turns around, people gasp. And like the the the, the, as I, the last the, the line, Antilles says, "What is it that they've sent us?" And she says, "Hope." And that, but a lot of people don't hear the line because they're too busy losing their shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was just I, right. I love it because uh, so I got to see it a couple days ago with Kevin, and then last night, like all my friends got to to go see it, like like normal people. And, Wait, so how did uh, you get to see it at a time? Like a press like, thing? Same well, thing. Kevin's uh, Paula. Fiance, oh, right, right, right. Paula okay. Animated some X wings in the movie. No big deal. 
pretty fucking cool. Uh, so we got to go see it, which was super awesome. But yeah, when the Leia thing happened, it was like, like honestly, like I, I didn't cry, but it felt like crying. Like my face, like it was like a, such an emotional drain where I looked at Kevin, something in your eye, and it was more than that. It was my body. Where I was like, <laughs> oh my fucking god, they're doing this. But what I love is my friends got to see it, and three separate people texted me things to the. Uh, point of my god the last 20 minutes that vader scene god damn this was perfect the last 20 minutes were perfect <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> but, but, and that's the thing too is i was like as, as we're sort of racing toward that end i'm like i i want this to end the way i think it's gonna end but it could be real easy for that not to go the right way you know and i'm like eh. it's interesting it's I, I i love the way that they did it in the end is um you know k2 dies first yeah. And you kind of go, well, that's sad. We liked him, but like, someone, someone's not coming back, right? right? You right. know, the very best case scenario, someone's not coming back. You got to kill someone off. Maybe, maybe it's the droid. That's the least. Even though we like him, like, there's maybe some weird yeah. bias that allows me to say maybe the droid is the most expendable one. I don't know, but he died. Well, because he's, he's the easiest the, one to he's bring the, back. He's the heroic sacrifice, right. right? And then Bodhi goes, and you go, oh. That's not wait. He's dead as well, and then Chir and Bay's. And you wait. Are they? Are they? Are they going to kill everybody? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, <laughs> that was the dead. thing when. And I, I, I'm you know, I haven't. I've. This is. I'm not the. I like Star Wars. Fine. I'm not like the super nerd fan like Tim. Right. So like I've been like, oh, I can't wait to see Rogue One, but I haven't been following up on it. So I don't know anybody's names. So like. But with the gunner, when he started saying the, the force line over yeah, and over again, nice. I was like, oh, he's going to continue on the legacy. And then he gets killed. I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> there's no, no hope no. here. And there's something, you know, maybe this is uh, you'd have to ask Gareth about the way that he put this together. But, you know, maybe it's um, it's uh, there's something, you know, usually characters when you die in a movie like Star Wars, like when Han Solo dies in Force Awakens, that's a big deal, right? Like they make a big, big moment out of it. When Bodhi dies... It just happens, yeah. And you just move on to the next thing, and you're like, you realize, oh yeah, these like these lives are expendable, and people just die. And this isn't always romantic or beautiful, or you don't always get your big moment. You just die, and hope that you're not the last one. That there's someone else still going. And there's something about that that's like it's not something that a Star Wars film has ever done before. And again, just speaking purely as a fan. It's like it's really it's shocking, but in a in a in a, in a great way. I, I thought it was portrayed really nicely in this movie too, in a, in a way that I don't think I've ever seen in any movie where the characters all had they had their moments. They had their I'm gonna give a speech, I'm gonna do something epic, I'm gonna you know complete the thing I need to complete. Like all that happened, but in the actual moment of their death, whether it was uh, Force Whitaker, the Sog Rara, mm -hmm. or whatever the name is, um, and like all the, the the characters going down, the actual moment they die wasn't some like. Forrest Whitaker was standing there and he didn't like close his eyes as he did it. He, would, right. he was just looking at it and like then the thing overcomes they him. All, they all get a moment but they don't apart from you know with Jen and Cassian at the very end like the movie doesn't like linger on it and like make it try and make a big deal of it. like you feeling so you feeling something. Well it cuts that's the main thing is it cuts away right before it happens right, like right when, the uh, wave comes when, in. when the, the pilot Bodhi was, yeah. was in the thing like it cuts away before it overtakes him like it it starts exploding and it it's cuts. It's beautiful. And again, it's amazing the way, like, again, this is where you really, what, how smart direction and smart editing like helps tell a story. It's like there's a moment where the grenade comes into the shuttle and you see Bojo and you go, oh shit, this is the, he's going to die. But then they cut away and it, like, it's, it, it's just something that now happens in the background. Yeah. Right? And But there's a battle and you go, oh, like, this, this, this is just, it was just an incidental thing mm -hmm. that happened. But you love that character. 
but like we don't have time to worry. We got to keep going. Like the yeah. plans are still not away yet. Well, yeah, and, it's you, like, and it's like, that's why you're constantly just like white knuckle all the way through that last act. I, I like how you guys set it up too. With that, she has that one line where she's like, "We're going to keep going," and like when we lose, take the next chance. And yeah, the next, take the next yeah. chance and the next chance until we don't have any more chances. You know, and that's and and it's it, you're like, okay, I see where this is going, and and you did, and, and you delivered on that where it was. It felt like. It was just enough so the football got passed to the next person mm. who was running at that last 10 yards. Then it got passed to the next person. It was that relay race. And it really worked. It, it set that tension nicely. Yeah, and, and going back to the thing of it making A New Hope even better, Like I think that the dynamic of Krennic and Tarkin is just it, – it adds so much depth to the characters that already had so much depth. Like the relationship between Krennic, Tarkin, Vader, Emperor – Looking through all of that, there's always this sense of like trying to impress the person that's not above you, but that's above them. You right. know, yeah. and I'll go over his head and impress the yeah. guy above him. Yeah. yeah, and then the person right above you trying to fucking take it from you. You know, and it reminded me a lot of the Emperor Luke and Vader at the end of Jedi when he was just like, you know, like, hey, Strike fuck him, we yeah. can we join me and we can overcome this. And right. it's just like it's such a, a cool thing because the scene of Krennic looking up and seeing the Death Star about to blow his ass yeah, up yeah. is like so rewarding when we now know that Tarkin's the one that that said to do that, and Tarkin's a fucking asshole. Yeah, Tarkin's it's, a, like it's it's really interesting. It, it, interesting look at kind of the difference between the alliance and the and the empire they're both kind of broken systems right and you see it in the movie like the rebellion's kind of broken entire partly because it is um so democratic right and you see right. everyone around the table i say we fight i say we scatter the fleet and you know mon mothma is you know the, the, is in charge but she can't just say well i'm the emperor and i say we go and things i need the support i need democratic support um, and like everyone has to agree, and that it kind of paralyzes them that they have this democratic system. Um, the, you know, the empire, of course, the emperor makes a decision and it gets done, and that's why probably the reason why the empire is so much, the empire is so much more efficient. Um, but at the same time, like you said, it's really interesting. You haven't seen it to this extent before. That kind of venality and uh, the idea that, that that Krennic and Tarkin are both like kind of jostling for like who's really going to get the credit for this and mm -hmm. who's really going to come out on top and yeah. you know it's like Krennic tries to throw Tarkin under the bus and just wanted to be well that was Tarkin did that you should talk to him uh, you know constantly looking for a way to kind of like get ahead and mm -hmm. um, I love I love that I love how ambitious Krennic is you'll, you'll You'll talk to the emperor about me. You'll you'll tell him. Yeah, you know, he's like he's so pleased with him. He's like, oh, I'm gonna I'm coming I'm going up in the world. Um, yeah, I love that. Ben is so great in that movie. Just it like, was yeah, great and good motivations too for that character. You really you, like that was one of the things you're like I kind of I get it. I, I see myself in this guy. Like I understand what ambition is and how run amok it can it can turn you into this monster that this guy is. Um, and then going back to your earlier point, like I I didn't. You don't really get a sense of who the alliance is um, in A New Hope, right? You do now. You understand that it's, it is a varying group of people that are coming together to make this sort of democratic uh, uh, group that has to fight the Empire. And there's a reason why they're a little disorganized when the new, when the new hope starts, right? Like it just, it, it fleshed out more of that story and really does make you appreciate how that, how the fourth movie starts. Yeah. And I have, you know, I have a, a, a my, my theory about that is that, um, you know, it's really the death star that is the empire's undoing that there's a it's sense like, that the rebels are so, yeah. so disorganized and they can't agree on anything. Uh, like, are, are we fighting these guys or what? Are we just kind of like pecking away at them? Like, is this war or not? Like, what are we doing? And there's a sense of like, you know, um, you know, again, going back to the crawl, you know, the crawl says the rebels have won their, won their first victory against the alliance, against the empire, which, you know, suggests that there hasn't really been like a state of like open war between them. It's mm -hmm. Scarif and Battle of Yavin that really creates like full on open war between the empire and the, and the rebel alliance. And the rebels aren't really an alliance. I say we fight. I say we scatter. Like they're not allied. They're all over the place. 
And I have this personal theory, again, just as a fan, that if the Empire had never built the Death Star, they probably would have won just through attrition, just mm -hmm. let the real, just let the rebellion fall apart on its own. Like they can't agree on anything. Whereas we not only have superior technology and superior resources, but we have one guy at the top telling right. us what to do. And even though that you know dictatorship is not great for the galaxy, the Empire is way more. To, you know, they've got their shit together way more than the rebellion, even with all the kind of jockeying <laughs> for mm -hmm. ambition and power. Um, but when they build the Death Star, they they do something so egregious that it forces the rebellion to say, all right, <coughs> then then it is war. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Then then we have no choice but to but to do something that we they never would have done what they did if, you know, the Empire had built that thing. Another huge compliment I can give this movie is that I think that it gave so <coughs> much lore building to give people the ability to have theories. Uh, th beyond what we're, we're just expecting because like with things there's so many theories about who's Snoke and all this stuff for episode 8 and 9 but I think that with this it's cool because it's giving us the ability to now have theories about something that we thought we already knew so well mm. and it's, it opens up all these different doors and I loved seeing the, the shades of grey on both sides whereas you know back in the day it was the light side and the dark side but then even with Force Awakens with this new the kind of now we're going to begin to make things right it's like it is trying to show that hey not all bad guys are horrible and not all good guys are great and and I loved seeing that not only uh, in this movie did it, the uh, Diego Luna, mm -hmm. uh, what was his character's name? Cassian. Cassian, yeah. Uh, he does some bad things. He kills someone right away, right? Right off the yeah. bat, he kills somebody. Because he it's has like, to. That's, yeah. Because if that guy doesn't die, the Empire's going to get him and he's mm -hmm. going to talk. Yeah, and it's like that That shows like that's where the good guys are at. And then the bad guys, like the scene of, of Mads Mikkelsen putting Jin to bed when they're they're there and he's like in the, the Empire outfit, it's just like, Man, like that's so humanizing, and like he's a good yeah. guy, and, it's like, and there's good and, guys and, there. And, and Bodhi makes a choice, right? Uh, Clearly, Bodhi, he made a choice. The, the I'm entire not doing team this of anymore. engineers look like they don't yeah, want to be. They there. don't really want to be. You there. know, and it's like that. Really, it makes you go from seeing every person we've seen in the Empire before, uh, before Episode Seven, was like you are a Nazi, you are a bad guy. Yeah. But then when you you look at it uh, from the other point of view, now it's just like no, there, there's a bunch of good yeah. guys there. And it's what I love about Guerrero as well that there is this idea of there's this kind of militant extremist faction of the rebellion. It's yeah, so that cool. he's splintered off, right? Because like, he's that, too extreme. Yeah, and that was that was there from the beginning. This idea is like, well, what does it look like? You know, again, again, this this idea of like, and, and I'd love to see this played out, whether it's a book or some other way that they tell this story. But there's a there's a, a, a I think in my own head canon. A, you know, a day in the past where Guerrero's around that table with Mon Mothma and yeah. Madonna and Bail Organa and saying, well, I think this and I think that. And he's saying, like, we need to be hitting them harder and doing this and that. Said, well, that's not the way we do it. And so I said, well, I'm, I'm, do I, I'm doing it. And he just leaves and he creates this kind of splinter faction that is now so militant and so extreme that it's actually become like a PR problem for the rebellion. Right. <laughs> right. They're like, you hear Mon Mothma say it, like, he's caused us a lot of problems. Right. Because he, like, he hits the empire and they come after us. Because they can't find him, mm -hmm. and we don't agree with his his tactics. We don't agree with him so much that we're going to give an order to kill him. The good guys give an order to kill him. The old they? They, they kill. Yes, they, they, no, they, uh, they want to kill. They want to kill. They want to kill Galen. Yeah, it was. It was. That oh, was sorry, a little. Sorry, yeah, sorry, that was a little yeah, when, when he says oh, yeah. he says the line, if you like, or sorry, the the captain or general's line, if you find him, kill him. He meant. Matt, 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 Galen, yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry, 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 yeah. sorry. They need Saw to get to Galen. There's the great scene with Forrest Whitaker when he is uh, talking to Jin. There's that moment where he's like, Did, Are you here to kill me? Yeah, Did he's so paranoid. Because everyone, because like, he's like the most wanted man in the galaxy, right? Everybody yeah. wants to kill him. Like the rebellion well, probably, I, I, have a, I have a theory that the rebellion could kill him. They probably would because he's more trouble than he's worth. Mm. 
and the Empire definitely want to kill him. It was cool though. It was, it's cool that I mean, traditionally we haven't seen this, but this is on the level of like politics of like a House of Cards or a Game of Thrones. Like, like you guys really went and and, and took that extra step to make it make those dimensions happen, which I think honestly really is the strength and the, a good foundation for why this film succeeded. Like, it wasn't just like Tim was talking about good and bad. There were those shades of gray, and in those shades of gray are this, these really interesting human stories that you yeah guys and it's tell. only at the you know it's one of the great things about that story is you get you only get to address that like at that moment in time like again by the time you are watching a new hope and empire the rebel alliance is fully kind of galvanized right. and together and again the death star is the thing that kind of makes them realize like yeah the empire is truly evil and we have there's no pretending anymore we have to fight these guys it's very interesting there's a great line in the movie where mothma says uh, if you find Galen Erso, bring him back so he can so he can testify to the Senate. Like they're still looking for like a political way mm-hmm. to solve these problems. Like they want to solve these problems peacefully. And you know, Guerrero, I think, is like these. You're never going to yeah, resolve guys, anything. Yeah. The Empire has no interest in resolving anything politically. Like it's going to be a zero sum game one way or the other. And in the end, he's right. Um, I find that fascinating. That in, in, just in that in those final moments before the Rebel Alliance truly kind of comes together through, you know, the example that Jin sets for them. Um, that, uh, you know, it's, it's scrappy and it's ugly and they can't agree. And again, I, my, again, my personal theory is if the Empire, uh, if they never discover, if the Empire never build, obviously mm-hmm. they, if, if they, they build the Death Star and they, don't, and they can't stop it, then yeah, they just start wiping out planets and it's over anyway. Uh, but if they don't ever build the Death Star, I think rebellion just kind of falls apart on its own. Yeah. And you see that, right? They can't agree on anything. So, you wrote a Star Wars. Co-wrote. Co-wrote a Star Wars. You had a hand in making a Star Wars. So I'm trying to pass all the credit around to everybody else, Witta. Do you now, I mean, I, you probably, I, I don't, do you feel like you could do anything? You could write anything? Like, from here on out, like, you, I mean, literally the world has to be your oyster right now. There's not a franchise or an IP too big for you, right? I'm... Um I don't know. It's you know part of the part of the weirdness about it is like what do you what do you like what is there next to do? Like, yeah, I, I, that's what I was thinking. Right now, what would be like? I have to imagine this would have been pretty high on the list of the dream Everest. projects. Well, I mean, I, you know, I'm really excited about Mouse Guard, and I'm working some other things that I can't talk about. And I've got lots of original ideas I want sure. to do. And like if this, if this if this movie, the fact that it's well received and it's successful, and I'm associated with it, means that I have opportunities to do things that I might not have had before. That's that's great. Yeah, but I don't feel like. I'm, I feel like, in, like I can do anything. I'm invincible now because I, I helped on this thing. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Okay. Because I feel like I mean, before, I mean, when, you know, Disney announced they bought Star Wars and they were going to put one out of you know, these side stories and stuff like that, like that had to have been a moment where for so many people, the eyes light up of like, oh my God, maybe there's a possibility one day of me being able to do this. And then you got to go do it right away. I'll tell you a story. I'll tell you a story about that. Um, I remember I was specifically, I may have told you this story before because it predates Rogue. I was, I remember when I found out that this is like weirdly like the Kennedy moment of our generation. It's like, I, I, everyone remembers where they were when they found out that Disney had bought Lucasfilm. <laughs> That's I mean, it's true. literally a Kennedy moment. It's true. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 a good version of a Kennedy moment. Yeah, I walked upstairs at IGN. Like I had, I excused myself See, you from remember, the work. Right? Oh, you were I, totally. I, you had I, to excuse we all, yourself? I, I call, did you I have mean, to like go take a moment? Well, no, straight up. I did. I did. And I <laughs> called Kevin who, and I was just like, Kevin, Kevin, they're making episode seven, eight, nine. And he was just like, this is happening. He was like, what? What are you talking about? I'm like, no, no, no. George, no, George Lucas sold it to Disney. This is this is fucking real. They announced the trilogy, and it was just like a, a weird moment. But yeah, I'll never forget that. I was standing in line at a Popeye's fried chicken. Yeah, you were. Did I yeah, tell you, you this story? 
I don't. Oh, I, just I, assume they, like, I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, sounds fuck right. yeah, you're yeah. eating Popeye's fried chicken. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my personal theory on Popeye's, by the way, is here they we don't go. Have, they don't have the best chicken. Yeah. Of the chain chicken, I think KFC has the best. Okay. But biscuits. they have the best mashed potatoes and biscuits. Oh, if they, if they, if, if, I guess this would never happen. If there was like a KFC and a Popeye's next to one another, or if I was like some kind of douchebag who had assistants that I could make run all over town, my I would I would get the chicken from KFC, sure. but I'd have the mashed potatoes and biscuits from from Popeyes. Mm-hmm. Right? Do yeah. you get that? Oh no, so it's like it's like going to Burger King, get the burger, but going to McDonald's and get the fries. I no, that doesn't work. I'm just yeah. saying you can leave, Greg. I said like that. I didn't say I would do that. <laughs> burger King clearly the winner in that. The winner? Yeah, I I don't 100%. like anything on the Burger King menu what? at all. Yeah. The Whopper I'll eat and the fries I'm, are I'll eat superior. I'll eat the Whopper there if I'm superior. Desperate. I'll eat there if I'm desperate, but it's not. Have you seen the latest iteration of their French fries? Every time they reinvent their French fries, they just make them worse. Like, what's the next version going to be? Just like actual trash? I don't like... Whoa, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I don't know. The last time I remember having Burger King fries, I remember thinking, you know, these are far superior to McDonald's. I actually the had fries. That fries. The fries. They were well, thicker. They were crunchier, crispier, and they were more, they were just had more consistency. I would to them. say. And the Whopper is flame broiled. You can't take that my away. person. My personal favorite fries from the chains are Wendy's fries. But if you can get the first batch out of the fryer at McDonald's, yeah. like hot and fresh and salty, those are manna from heaven. The, the fry. No, the fries are great. I wouldn't. I don't think it's beyond. I don't think it's crazy. To say Burger King might have the better cheeseburger. You're nuts. That is Are crazy. Are you kidding me? That the is number crazy. two at McDonald's, the two cheeseburger meal? Colin. Classic. <laughs> Colin backs me on this. Hey, come in here real quick. Then you can get back to editing. Sorry, we love you. People are like, Colin was there and he's not on the podcast? He's got to edit. Colin was right. The new hit show. Do. Colin, come to my microphone. And tell and answer me a question right now. Take right? your pants off. Just take them off. Has, have you been hearing any of this? Because no, I don't no, want no, this, no. I don't want this to get tilted. I've had my headphones off. There okay. is a Burger King. And McDonald's next to each other. Where do you go for your cheeseburger? And where do you go for your fries? You go to McDonald's for the fries for sure, but you go to Burger King for the burger. The uh, I also want to say, Gary, this is a. Uh, I'm really sad that I'm missing this episode. Colin I'm sad right. too. I wanted I wanted you to be a part of it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm editing. I'm editing a video. We're against it right now. So hello everyone. I'm sorry. I love you all. Should we do it? Should we do that? Let's do a hug. Yeah, hug, no. hug each other. Uh, so right here. You smell good. Thank you. What is he that? always smells good. Soap. Man. He just is. Is that just soap? Soap and, and deodorant. That's it. You do smell good. You I got. I got to find out what your products are because that's that's a good smell. Dove for men. It's dove for men. Dove yeah. for men. You got a loofah going, or you just rubbing on your body? I yeah. I rub myself in different ways, but I have the loofah. Sure, 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 sure. Well, so you're out of Popeyes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we're on a track here that needs to get resolved. I gotta just go back. I don't think we're ever gonna agree. We're Some agree riffs to are too big. Yeah. Some riffs You'll are too big. You have to go big. back for Look, a fourth. You know, I, you know, I, I remember back in the day that's dumb as shit wings of boneless or bone-in wings yeah. that you got into, and it became this internet thing. Right. Just can't you just eat that? You eat what you like and let people eat what they like. Why, why no, it's it the internet. Yeah. No, I you can't not. have an opinion that differs from me because you're stupid if you do, and that's the internet in a nutshell. I guess that is the internet. Um, but yeah, so I found out. I found out uh, last night that I'm a boneless man. I was actually for some reason like, it came up. I was at a wing stop. You ever been to a wing? I've been stop? to a wing stop. Of course you. Of course you have. Come on now. You're ma- you're Come Mr. on now, Mister Wings. <laughs> yeah, I was at a wing stop in Haywood. Um, you know, I mean, why not? And uh, they give what you the you choice. Yeah. You, they give you the choice. Do you want bone in or uh, or, or bone out? Yeah. And I, I went with boneless. I, in that moment, I found I discovered a little bit about who I am. I went boneless. You want you, you want a fun Wingstop story? You sure, why not? I'm doing a summer internship out in Washington D.C. 
Uh, I'm in college. It's between junior and senior year. I meet these the people I'm working with for the first time. They're other interns. They're cool kids. I go to their house. We're getting ready to go out to the bars that night. I'm down there. We're doing the normal, you know, how are you? Who are you away from? Right, kind of right. Meet, 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 meet. And out of the corner of my eye, I see chicken wings on the TV. And I look over, and it's a commercial for Wingstop. First time I'd ever heard of a Wingstop. Mm-hmm. And this girl, Ricky's talking, and I go, can you be quiet for a second? And I look over, and it was Troy Aikman telling me how good Wingstop was, and I should eat there and all this stuff. And then ended up like, Aikman. all right, sorry. I'd never heard of this chicken wing restaurant. I'm going to go to it tomorrow. So you cut Continue. off a girl that you were with, so you could, she watch was just a chi- you could watch a chicken wing commercial. Exactly. And she said, you're an advertiser's dream. Because that was yeah, the you thing. Really are. There was a new chicken wing you restaurant. The- I had also researched which, ch- which chicken wing restaurant I would eat at when I was going out there. It was called, I think it was Wings and Beer. They they had a, they had a twenty five cent Tuesday deal going on that I would go to all the time. All we still you and I still have a date that we've never made to actually go to a, to a Buffalo Wild Wings That's together very true. and hang out. We That's need to do true. that. If only you weren't so busy. Let's do it in the new year. Okay, sounds good. Can all they right. all come? Who these guys? Yeah, of course. Okay, cool. All the merrier. All right, good. Yeah, because we've been bringing it back a lot, bringing the Wild Wings back here a lot. Oh, but are they good? So I've never had the wings there. Oh yeah. Oh, Tim I've never, I've never actually yeah, been I, there. Oh, you know they're opening a Dave and Buster's in the neighborhood. Yes, Let's are. go to that. Let's do that too. Okay, cool. All right. Have you seen it from the outside? No, it well, looks like a lot of fun. Just with the hoarding. Wait, uh, I haven't seen it finished. Where is yet. this happening? It's at Ceremony Hall. Ceremonte. Really? Yeah. Ceremonte. Yeah. Well, yeah. Ceremonte. I think when it opens, we should make a point. We should all go. Okay, so, sounds like a deal. You, we'll put you in the Star Wars Battle Pod. Oh yeah. You been in there? Yeah, yeah it it's going to be open before the holidays. I mean, it's like there's only no. like two weeks left. It, it looks pretty year. done, though. From yeah, the yeah. inside, it doesn't look it, done because I mean, it it's be. all boarded up. But from the outside, it's like they literally have a giant uh, glass thing that just says fun. How can you argue that? That's, that's how you know you're having. Well. That's how I mean, you know you're having fun. So Buffalo Wild Wings, good. They're good fine. Wings? They're chain wings. They're good. Yeah, yeah. Right. But I would always tell you to go to Wing Wings down in Lower Haight, of course. Wing Wings. Wing Wings. Support the local businesses. The local guys. What up, Christian? You're in line at a Popeyes. I was in line at a Popeyes, <laughs> and I'm I'm looking at my phone, and I see my phone starts blowing up with the with the hot takes. Yeah, something's funny has you know these days you see the hot take before you see what the story. Oh yeah, like, why is this person freaked out? And you got to go bang go. Oh, because this happened, um, and it was Disney. You know, four billion dollars. George had, had sold it, um, and there wasn't. You ever remember at the time there was nothing else attached to that. There was no JJ. Uh, Michael Arndt was actually the first thing announced. But it was, but it was, but it was obvious. I think he said that. And yes, the first project out of the gate will be episode an, an episode seven. Uh, but there was no. This was long before there was any talk of like standalone films mm-hmm. or uh, anything. Like nobody knew what it meant. But I, I, I was on. I, I instantly, you know, these phones are magic and make do anything. I went straight from my Twitter application to my phone. I in, I'm in line with the, with the, with my people, my peeps. <laughs> you pop by peeps. <laughs> They're not even people I know, but they're at Popeyes, so they're my peeps. They're, yeah, they're, yeah, they're and um, and I, I, I got, I got my age. I said, I, you know, I'm sure everyone's calling you, um, and I'm sure everyone's calling every writer in town is calling their agent right now. But like, I, you gotta get, you gotta get my hat in the ring. I mean, I know I'm not gonna get it because you know, I, you know, I'm a middle range writer. Like, I'm not nobody. I've had some movies made. Like, people know who I am, but I'm not, you know. Tony Gilroy or Chris mm-hmm. White, so I want to let the A-list guys. Um, and so I, I thought, but you know, but I'm the ten-year-old kid that still lives inside of me is never going to shut up if I don't at least make. You got to try. So I did it, all right. Like, I, I think that's I the call, moral. I called them. It, what man. do you want from me? You made shut up. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> the moral of that story, though. Is I think that it's important for people because you said like, oh, I'm sure a bunch of people are calling. I'm not so sure that a bunch of people called. You fucking did it and you got it. And but I that's think not, that's not. But, I, I, but that's not why I got. That's not why I got the job. I made the call and then you know they, and nothing happened for a long time and it wasn't because they at the time they sold it. They I don't think they 
they knew yet what they were going right. to do, like what the plan was. The idea for like developing the standalone films came as a like, okay, well, we have this thing now. What do we do? Well, what about standalone films? But at the time that I was making that call, they didn't even know that was a thing yet. And it wasn't until they decided that that I got a call months later, completely separately, to come in and meet with them. Now, when you, they obviously had the idea already there. Like, what did you have to bring in with you? I can't talk about any of that. Okay, can't talk about it. No problem. <laughs> no, it's so he had that. to bring in the firstborn and be like, please. <laughs> He's <laughs> yours. I don't know why, why you're Italian all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, God, that's crazy, time. though. But that's that's got to be that's got to be a pretty emotional thing, though. When you when you get the call saying, "Yo, you got this," you're like, "Oh, like what is that?" I mean, like? there was a lot of like, there was a lot of passing the thing down the hallway. Uh, because there was like various <laughs> different moments of uh, okay, I've met with this person and now I've got to meet with it's like any like on any job, but you know the bigger the job, the more ranks you have to go through. Like the head of the studio has to meet you. Like usually the head of the studio would not have to sign off on me to work on a movie, but with something of that scale, they want to meet you. So I had to like go and meet like Alan Horn and like the top people at Disney before I was officially kind of allowed to like start working. What do you what do you what do you wear when you go to that meeting? Thank God. For I you. will tell you that I, I, I sir, I, it's July. It's Why funny, are you in a Christmas sweater? It's funny. <laughs> it's funny yeah, that you like. ask. I remember I actually was wearing the meeting with Alan Horn and Kathy Kennedy, which was like the final thing where they had to decide if, you know, I was going to be a part of this. I was wearing uh, uh, my what well, I didn't know at the time, but which I now know to be my lucky R two D two pants, underpants. Good. Good. And I was sitting Are in you the, wearing those right I now? I was sitting in uh, no, but I was sitting in the airport with John Nile afterwards because John was in the meeting as well. And we were both sorry, we were both flying back from Burbank. And uh, I said, I, I, I said, I know this. I, I feel like it went well, John, because I'm wearing my my lucky pants. And he and he was like, All right, you know, that's pretty much all I need to know. But look, look, look. And I went, he was like, I don't, I don't need to. I don't need to see. I trust that you're wearing R2D2 pants. I don't need to see them. That was I did. I showed him my my underpants on the red carpet as well. Did you see that? No. That oh, was my favorite moment. Really, are. This is the best part of the premiere, right? So what they did was it was so cool. They um, they invited a lot of the fans, like the hardcore fans, like Fiber First Legion and Rebel Legion, and mm -hmm. like the guys that dress up and R two D two Builders Club, and uh, you know the guys that build the droids and uh, you know Mandalorian Mercs and the people that dress up like kind of Boba Fett and like that real hardcore super fans. And there was a press line where all the, you know, kind of the you know, entertainment tonight and all those people are. But there was a whole separate area where they had put all the rebels on one side and all the Empire on the other, the different cosplayers. So if you're like a Vader or a Stormtrooper or whatever, you're on that side. And if you're a, a rebel, you're on the other side. So they created this kind of like mock adversarial where they were like kind of flipping each other off across the red carpet. That's like awesome. Like Mon Mothma and like the Emperor, like, yeah, this is <laughs> hilarious. Um, and I went and I went straight over to the rebel side because those are my people. And you just dropped your pants. No, just I didn't. Like your like, R2's here. I didn't draw. Here's what happened. So I went, I went to the, I, before I realized what it was, I just, I thought it was all on one side. And I went over to the rebel, I went over to the Imperial side and I signed someone's Stormtrooper helmet. It's so weird. Like there's a person with you for like, if you're famous, you don't need this person. But if you're not, you do need the person. They, the, like the PR people give you a, a handler who walks you around and makes mm -hmm. sure that you talk to the people you're supposed to and you don't talk to the people you're not. Literally, she's standing there next to me with the thing that says, Gary Witter, mm -hmm. story. Like, so they, the people know who I am. Sure, sure. And, um, and people saw me and they, you know, the Star Wars fans actually do give a shit about. Entertainment Tonight does not give a shit about me. And rightly so, because I'm not famous or attractive. But 
the fans do because they like the people that create the stuff. And again, before I realized that this was like a, 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 an adversarial thing, I just wandered over to the Imperial side and I'm signing the helmet and I'm hearing this boo. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm getting booed by the rebels. I can't have that. I'm not going to get booed by rebels. I'm a, you know, if you like, I have to pick sides, I'm a, rather be a rebel. Smash the helmet. But I went, I said, I got to go talk to them. Oh, you don't want to die. I got to go talk to the rebels. And I went over there and, um, and they said, you're not really a rebel. It's all like good fun. They're like, you're not a rebel. And I said, I am a rebel. And I was wearing, I had a Rebel Alliance t-shirt that I showed them. Very nice. And uh, I still have my crew. This is my wristband from the set that I've had. I haven't taken this off in two and a half years. What? The, That's really? Awesome. Yeah, this is the crew wristband. Wow. It says, go rogue in Oribesh. Um, and, uh, it's a, and it's Oh, a, you want to go sky cam? You bring it uh, in there. Look, I, I can read Kev's right. mind. I guess, how do you do that? Just show it to us and then we'll move it. There you go. There it is. There you go. <laughs> it used to say fight the empire underneath, but that kind of washed off over the years. Don't do that. It's too late. It's I did gross. it. I can't stop it. That's the new touch of the knee. We're escalating. Yeah. Gareth does this on every movie. He had a green, it's a luck, good luck charm for him. He did it on, on Godzilla. He had a green one uh, that said Janjira, which was the company from God, the Godzilla movie, nice. the, the corporation. Uh, and then he did it on this, and everyone on the crew had one. So what's your plan for taking it off? I don't know yet. Yeah. Just had you can't just take it I off. I had it on for so long, and it's so, like, just a rubber band. Like, you don't yeah. even know that you've got it on. Like, I just feel like maybe I'll just never take it off. Huh. Um, but where was I going? Oh, so I was on the red carpet, and I and I, just, I, I, and I was getting grief from, like, this Jin Erso, like, this cosplayer, and Mon Mothma, and these uh, rebel guys are, like, giving me grief. I'm, I'm not having this from these people. I'm supposed to be, I'm, you're, you're my guys. I'm a rebel. Like, no, you're not a rebel. I said, look, I got a rebel t-shirt crest here and I showed him this thing and they still weren't convinced. And I had a rebel alliance underpants. I said, I, I, if this is what I got to do, I'll do it. And I was like, kind of put this whole thing on the, yes. you know, on the uh, red carpet. And um, Mads is walking by just yeah, shaking his head. I was like super, you know, the person that says Gary with a story is like inching away from me. <laughs> she just <laughs> drops the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lights it on fire. But that was my, my favorite part of the whole thing. Aside from actually seeing the movie was hanging out with, before and after the super fan. And it was the loveliest thing. You go to these premieres and they give a lot of tickets to, you know, like just celebrities, just like famous people, sure. that, you know, make for good pictures on the red carpet and help create, you know, a spectacle. And of course, obviously all the filmmakers there are there and the studio people and all the people that like, you know, have at stake in the movie. But a lot of celebrities just to create buzz. Um, I got some, Nathan Fillion gave me chewing gum, which I still have because I refused to throw it away even after it was chewed. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you really are one of us. I still have it. <laughs> um, and uh, yes, yeah, so all those people. Yeah. But I, I thought it was one of the nicest things that they did is they, uh, they they gave an allotment of tickets, quite a few tickets to just fans to come in and see it. Yeah. And you know those are guys, and those are the people who are like more than anyone else want to see the film. Of course. And I thought that was great that they let that they came in, and that was my most fun. Uh, part of it was not meeting the celebrities or the cast or uh you know even like kevin smith people like that who i really like and you know were pleased to meet but like the the fans who uh i just you can just see the joy on their faces they're just so happy to be there and they're so happy that star wars is back and i was like oh, i just got i got caught up in in all of it with them it's beautiful so i the question for you i guess would be how difficult is it to carry the secret for as long as you did right because it is that thing of like even once you get announced we didn't know what it was and having personal conversations with you right you'd talk about all sorts of stuff but you never ever tipped your hand to what it was or what your story would be like and i assume obviously because there's so many players in it disney's involved you've signed contracts you're a good dude but i have to imagine at some point 
you're doing all this amazing, awesome fucking shit and you can't tell people about it. And is that like infuriating? Is it cool? Is it whatever? Cause like we're getting ready for, you know, January 5th, 2017, right? It's the next kind of funny day where I announce a whole bunch of new stuff. And it's like, I don't want to tell everybody about that, but it's not fucking I'm <laughs> doing Star Wars and I'm going to tell you why the Death Star is the Death Star. Yeah, it's <laughs> difficult because, you know, as a fan, you want to talk about this stuff and uh, I'm a fan first. And, you know, I there was a there was a six month period where I wasn't even allowed to tell anyone I was working on between the period of like actually having a signed contract to work on the movie and being able to tell anyone that I was because they had not announced the project. And if I yeah. say I'm doing something, oh, that, well, that means there's a project. Sure. I couldn't even sure. tell anyone. And I had to wait for six months. I couldn't even say anything. And when it was announced, that was kind of a relief. But then you can't tell anyone what it is. And then, you know, they announced, well, it's called Rogue One and it's about the Death Star plans and little bits and pieces. But like, you know, I, for the longest time, I remember going, oh, you know, like, like oh, sorry, that's really annoying. Um, oh, that's my friend Eric who just, so my friend Eric who, who wrote the movie Arrival. Did you see that? Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. my God. That movie was he awesome. just came out, he just came out of, you can, you can take that call. No, you can put no, him on no, speaker. No, I like the rival a lot too. I'd love to talk to Eric if he wants to join it. Um, I wouldn't spring that on him, but uh, he just he just came out and uh, I, I said, "Call me the second you come out. I want to hear what you think." So I'm and very, now you're big time in him. <laughs> Sorry, I was on a I was on a very popular internet show. Um, where was I? What was I saying? Oh, <laughs> no! For the longest time, I mean, I remember like you know. I knew that I you know, obviously knew for a long time that Vader was in the movie, but I, you know, like, yeah. kind of, it's like, you want to go like, you want to go, ah, but like they'll, they'll kill me. Yeah, <laughs> of course. I yeah. mean, I can't, I, I can't, it's not, it's not, it's not you know, it's a, you know, I'm a professional and I can keep secrets and part of the, you know, my ability to have this job rests on the fact that I can do that. If people don't, can't trust me to keep secrets, I, I can't work. Yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, and again, I don't like spoil. I don't like people who spoil movies. I don't want to be that guy, you know. And uh, so all of that. Um, and and again, just and, and plus, I mean, they you know legally could string me up and like mm. scatter my body parts to the you know four corners of the. You signed the contract. Country. This is what we said. Um, so so you sit on it, and um, you know, and you, you don't tell you know, and and that's why part of what's so satisfying now is it's all there now. We can talk about Vader. Isn't that cool? Oh, so good. Uh, and we can say all these things because there's nothing. There's nothing left to. Spoil like 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 for example, um, like for the longest time, I remember when I when I saw Chopper from Star Wars Rebels on set, the live action version. I was like, oh shit, Chopper's gonna be in the movie. That is the coolest shit I've ever seen. He has a little moment where he rolls. He like he's there. He's an Easter egg, um, and I can say it now because like it's people have seen, it's there. People have right. spotted him. Like there's already articles. Like here are all the Star Wars Easter eggs, and if you look at this particular moment, there's Chopper. So it's like it's. There's nothing left for me to spoil in the movie because you've all seen it. Mm. So we can just mm. talk about it now. And it's like the most cathartic thing to be able to go, oh, we can talk about it now. And it's like it's like holding your breath for three years and then finally be able to go, oh. And that's how it feels. I love it. I love looking at your Twitter and just seeing you reply to literally everybody because you just want to talk about it so much. And it's like, I that's yeah, so I mean, you know, I, like I said, it's been overwhelmed. I honestly can't, I, I could not keep up with it. I had, it was the first time in my life where I've had more tweets in my mentions than in my actual timeline because people are just tweeting at me sure sure and you know it's easy to find me on twitter and, and people have been responding and again 90 percent of my responses to people are people saying i'd saying like i wasn't the only writer. like oh you wrote a great movie i'm like no i was one of the writers on a great movie and you have to acknowledge john who came up with the original idea 
um, and many of the characters, and then you've got to acknowledge Chris, who created the characters that are in the movie, you know, certain movies. So, yeah, I won't get into this, but like, there are characters in the movie that I had nothing to do with. They got added after I left as sure. the movie developed and writers brought, you know, new ideas. Um, and so I just really, it's really important to me because I feel like I feel like a total heel claiming credit for anything that I don't deserve. For uh, the record, I'm pretty sure if I'm if Nick was right when he was talking to me last night, you made the Death Star, right? What do you mean? That was your idea? The Death Star? Yeah, oh, it's five. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great idea. Time's nothing. But we did but we did issue a Have patch. We, we did issue a patch for it. Forty years late. Thermal exhaust port logic issue fixed. You may <laughs> I think one of my favorite things is when it finally got announced that it was Rogue One and it was about the Death Star. You tweeted a photo of your rug at your desk. I have a, I had a Death, I have a Death Star rug in my office, and for the longest time I couldn't even tweet that because one of the one of the, when I first started working there, somebody at Lucasfilm said like, just bear in mind, like we understand you have a social media presence. Just bear in mind that anything like they said, I remember they said working here is like running for president. Anything you say is going to get picked apart mm, and mm. analyzed and and what is what did he mean when he said that and so just be careful about what you say so even something as um uh like showing showing a, that I have a death star right I had a death star one of the books that I had for reference when I was working I had a death star technical manual they actually had, they had literally made one of these a, a technical manual for the death star that shows how the reactor system works and stuff and I had that on my you know it was one of my reference books you know because obviously but I I could never you know, Never I literally had to that, think yeah. about like if I took a picture, like is that book in the frame? Is someone going to go zoom in, enhance CSI? Yeah, yeah. You know, like that's that's the kind of shit you got to think about because this stuff is the, the the commodity, the currency for like you know rumors and and leaks and things on something like this is so high that you've just got to be like I was like way like ultra, way over the top careful. I, I went to the extremes that I probably did not have to go to. <laughs> You're like I had to uh, leave my wife for a year and a half. <laughs> yeah, so we set up. We week. set up a prop office. Yeah. <laughs> fake walls, fake everything. Gary, thank you so much. True lies. You know, he goes to work. Oh, he's like, here's your room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some insurance now, right? And then goes off and does something totally different. They're like Kevin Kennedy. He's like, you can wear your wedding ring. You don't have to give that to Tom Arnold every time you go anywhere. He's erasing his fingerprints, doing all the different stuff. Crazy. Gary, you're the best. I'm so happy for you. I'm. Thank you. It's. It's. It's like I said. Such a relief to see the movie out there and people like it and it's just wonderful best best experience of my life I, I did one more I had a uh, I was uh, at a show last night and this very sweet white haired silver haired lady came up to me Carrie Fisher <laughs> <laughs> and she was maybe I'm 44 she was maybe anywhere between like 10 15 years older than me and she didn't look like a Star Wars fan on the surface but she came up to me and said and she was misty-eyed. And she said, I was, I was in line for the original Star Wars, May 25th, 1977, I saw it first day. And she said, this movie made me feel like that day. Mm. And I got, so <laughs> I got so choked up by it because that was, you know, to be able to do that is the greatest gift in the world. <laughs> Great job, Gary. Great fucking job. Thank you so much for coming by today. Thank you for working on Rogue One. I'm crying. All right, I gotta hug. You're making me like crying. Come on now.
That's so cool. Oh my goodness. You can't put this pos possibly broadcast this. We're putting goodness. that up. Oh, fuck you. That's that's that internet hard. gold, sir. <laughs> thank you for coming by, Gary. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for watching this and supporting us. Of course, while we've been talking here, the Patreon supporters for the month of November have been rolling by. Right, Kevin? Yep. Yeah, he's going to put it in there. It's like time manipulation stuff. Uh, of course, but thank you for supporting us, uh, obviously, throughout 2016. Uh, remember, there's still more shows coming up. There's Game Over Greggy shows to close it out, but this is our final one that is being recorded for the year of 2016. Again, next week and the week after, still shows. Plenty of stuff happening. We're just going to be on vacation. Thank you for all of that. Uh, remember, January 5th, 2017. It'll be kind of funny day as usual. Come to twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. See what 2017 is going to look like for us. Remember, you go to patreon.com slash kind of funny. Get every episode early. If you don't have any money or bucks to toss our way, no big deal. You can go to youtube.com slash kind of funny. Get the show topic by topic day by day. And we'll put it up all as one big MP3 and video on Friday. Remember this little film Rogue One, a Star Wars story out now. Again, if it if it I'm not trying to get ahead of myself. If it charts <laughs> This weekend, if it does well at the box office, you're welcome. The best friends. I think did we've got a decent yeah. shot. You know what? Well, now you do. You put in the work here. Yes. You cried. This for is them. it. Like, <laughs> what else? <laughs> when this when this goes out on the like, Disney's, the Disney's like, wait, wait. Suddenly, what? Something's happening. We, we, we got to trace back this spike we've yeah. seen of people yeah, yeah. wanting What's to go see this on? movie. The movie, the movie suddenly, <laughs> Fandango just went nuclear. What? <laughs> what these people are just, like, people are kind of funny, and they're all going to Fandango, and like, there's there's this correlation. What is going on? Yep. This could be very good for you. Yeah, like, and this, you, you're gonna look really good to them. They got yeah. a whole bunch of other stuff to write. Yeah. Get in one of the Marvel movies, huh? Or yeah, I really, really want to do. Oh, so Kevin Feige oh, came yeah. out of the premiere. He was there. I really want to do Squirrel Girl, the movie. That's yes. my thing. Yeah. Yes. He came out <laughs> and he walked out of the, 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 uh, the theater and he just said, that was amazing. That was amazing. I thought, now's the chance. Get him. I said, you like that? Maybe you like this. Uh, but I couldn't. He disappeared into Damn the crowd it. before I could grab him. Does he have a Twitter? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Kevin, put he up the Twitter right now. He follows me on Twitter, and I still can't get any love. All right, here's what we're doing. Put up the, tw put up the Twitter, and I, we will craft a message. We'll, no, I'll, don't, don't spam Don't do it. Twitter. Don't spam the Twitter. Don't, don't spam his Twitter. That's the I mean, they're best friends. They're super nice. You I mean, did that to Ruffalo last time. I know, and it almost worked. We got him on board for the Columbo movie, just not anyone who owns the rights. Yes. <laughs> but we got him there. He's all set. He was there. The, please don't spam. Don't spam, Kevin. It'll all happen do on not his own. Do that. Just make my life more difficult. Don't worry. I mean, also, like, but maybe you could go write a DC movie and, and fix all that. Maybe that could begin to set things right. I don't know what, I don't know, um, I don't know what DC Wonder Woman looks like. It'll be good. Yeah, well, I like I've the look been, of that. Yeah. The trailers have gotten us before, though. I don't like the, if you look at the DC characters. There's not there, there aren't a lot of characters in the DC stable where I go, oh, I'd kill to write for that character. I don't think. I'm trying to think. I like. Yeah. I, I like. DC doesn't have a Squirrel Girl. I, I mean, I do like Batman and Superman, but like, it's, I feel like we're struggling for things left to say with those characters. Or maybe it's just they're in such a dark place now. It's hard to imagine like how you bring them. You back. can bring it back to light, though. I like nineteen seventy-eight. Uh, was seventy-eight? Richard Donner, original Richard Donner Superman. I like that. Oh yeah. Like when the, when the the suit was actually blue. And yeah. It looks like it hasn't been. It didn't look like it hadn't been washed in ten years. You know, like <laughs> dark blue and everything's super dark and it's raining all the time yeah. and so grim. Some problems there. Yeah. I went. I went off in a. I went off in a meeting. I was pitching a movie. I can't remember where. And the subject of Superman, and I blew the whole pitch because I went on a, a fanboy <laughs> took over. I went, 
And, I like, and another thing, Superman's an asshole now. What the fuck is that? I was like going, complaining about Superman. And again, like that's not what we're here. To, I want. I'm gonna have my like. I'm, and I'm let gonna, me tell you about Popeyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the last time Gary would have ever pitched Zack Snyder on anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm not. Yeah. I mean, what can you? You know, I don't think it's any secret that I'm not a fan of those movies. I think mm. Zack. I don't. I actually. I love a lot of his movies. I did not. Again, his take on those characters not. Your take. Not, not to my. Not to my taste. Understandably. All right. Understandably so. All right. Thank you, Gary. Thank Love you. Love you, Gary. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs>